Hi, this is Lacey. This is Jason. From Bourbon House, and you are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. are listening to the free form rock podcast is everybody in is everybody in is everybody in the ceremony is about to begin you <laughs> think there's much difference between touring in europe and last year you were in the united states yeah. yeah, yeah, really a lot of they different. They all speak English. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the audience is different, or? Yeah, sure, of course they are. I mean, in each in Europe, there tends to be really a lot of difference between each country and even each town, you know, in each country, which there is in America. But now I can't see the interview. Uh, e. E. No, I'm the E, and he's the E. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of difference. I mean, really, people are very different in Europe, you know. I mean, considering uh, the short distances, you know, you get into language, completely different. La I don't have to tell you all that. All those obvious things of borders, frontiers, languages. But, I mean, uh, it's still playing in a hall, you know, to people. It's still basically the same. You're still up on a stage Americans playing to a live audience, you know. It's different, though. It is really different because it's much easier to communicate with an American audience, obviously. I mean, like with the Dutch audience, they really mostly speak very good English, whereas, like, say in Germany, I mean, I, I can't say anything very much to the audience because I don't speak German. So the communication is limited to music and gestures. It should be enough, really. How do you feel towards the audience? I mean, uh, I remember a film when uh, the, the camera was put on stage and you could see the audience the way uh, the stones see the audience and these people look uh, i don't know the, the people look uh, a bit uh, seedy um i don't know i don't know a bit frightening a bit frightening. Uh, you should see you from there. <laughs> yeah <laughs> do they no they don't they don't get you you know how, how do you feel towards the audience when you see the people oh, i love them don't i if they come and see us it's great you know i mean sometimes they look happy when they look really miserable, uh, I Sometimes get a bit... Sometimes they faint. Yes, they fainted a lot yesterday, which was very disappointing. We didn't like that. Um, but we asked them not to stand up, really, actually. Um, they don't scare us, no, you know. As as an audience, as a whole thing, individually, you could be scared by people, I suppose. They come there to enjoy it for the same reasons as we do, you know. So there's not a question of um, being... Um, frightened of an audience. Vic, what are your feelings when you're uh, doing a concert in front of uh, 30,000 people? What, what, I couldn't what describe it in sh brief space given to us. You get a lot of adrenaline bounce, you know, and it's very difficult to describe. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been on stage, but people that are like, you know, uh, like going on telly for the first time, you know, or something, it's a bit like that. Have the audiences uh, changed? I mean, you've been playing in front of big audience for now about 10 years. Do the crowds react the same way now as they did 10 years ago? Or no, are the no, audiences different? They used to scream. That used uh -huh. to be the thing. Um, well, when we first started, they used to just sort of clap we and dance. We used to be like the Osmonds, you know? Ah, uh, I understand. Then we got into the scream period, uh, which was in a way very enjoyable, but it got rather boring because you couldn't play. So then we gave up the stage for two years. 
and you, you, you went back to stage. The Beatles didn't come back on yeah, stage. Yeah, we went back because we thought, it, and when we came back, you, it was a different uh, thing, you know, where it was slightly easier to play because it wasn't the screaming, but the audiences are generally very good, you know, appreciative. How comes the audiences have changed? They've got older. Oh, younger. Something. Something. I don't. It's very it. difficult for for us. I don't know. I mean, I don't always agree with Keith. Though. It's a lot of them are. A lot of them are older. In well, some obviously places. Obviously, older than they were ten years ago. And they're all little girls that big. Yeah, you know, that's the difference. Not all. Not in all of the places, though. Not yet. So much. Generally. Yeah. What do you think of? Acts who are supposed to appeal to younger people like Slade or T Rex and sort of no, well, another nun question. I mean, do well, you, do we like they're them as a band? Yeah, I mean that. People. I don't personally like what they I don't do. like Slade or T Rex very much. You know, there's other bands I do, do like. I don't mind Slade. I like. I mean, I don't mind some of their records are good. I mean, there's a band that's been around a long time. And there's not a bad band. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, gents. All right, man, we're recording on a Tuesday again, but you guys won't know because this will come out on a Friday. But, uh, man, we're doing a, a pick that uh, Charles picked, man. Why'd you pick this one, Charles? And let, let the folks know who we have today. Oh, as always, we got Jerry Soupe. Uh, <laughs> what up? What up? What up? What up? That, the Ed McMahon of the show, and we got... Uh, You're correct, sir. You're correct. James West. What's up? What's, up, What's going on, James? We, uh, he was on a really kick-ass anti-Hagar video <laughs> not long ago, as I recall. Yeah. He's on the right side of the law. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. There's a lot of hate this way. Yeah, man. Fuck Hagar. But anyway, he's on trying to hate him. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get into him too much. Uh, yeah. jumping, jumping right into the Hagar hate. All right. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, ready to go. I chose uh, a band, uh, I've always said the Beatles are my favorite band, and they are, but uh, this band I enjoyed a lot more before the Beatles, and it's the Rolling Stones, and we're going to do Goat's Head Soup today on the Freeform Rock Podcast. Yeah, man, what is Goat Head Soup? Isn't that some kind of satanic imagery or stuff they do in rituals? I don't know, but it sounds good. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm... I'm good with that, so yeah. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Well, I'm just so, asking because Vince Neil's saying that they created that shit, right? 
Startle that idiot. Fuck <laughs> idiot. This is a weird album cover here. It is very weird, dude. Uh, dude, they oh. must have been on some serious acid when they recorded this album. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that, dude, because like, it is a weird album cover, man. You know, um, but it's a fucking good album, though. It's a really good album. Spoiler alert. Man. <laughs> Spoiler alert, <laughs> I think we're all going to like it, but... Uh, it may it may not be. We I, we don't know yet. Yeah. This is hard, it's it's hard to believe. This came, this came out in 73, and this was their 13th album in America, man. It's hard to believe, man. Yeah, right I mean, people out. back yeah. then, really, people back then were just throwing out albums left and right. Man, it was cool actually. You know, two albums a year was not, you know, uncommon back then. You know, yeah, you can blame Nine Arm for taking the five year route. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I blame Boston for that. Actually, you blame Boston for that. Well, Boston, every they didn't take five years now. though. But they didn't take. That's five true. Years That's true. From their, from their their first two, yeah, they didn't. But right. back then, that was a long time. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, the record company no. did rush Don't Look Back out because he said I needed a couple more years on it. <laughs> so. yeah, blame Guns N' Roses. <laughs> they set the record for taking forever and ever uh, and ever. Well, yeah, you got you got a very good point, man. Yeah, let's let's keep it real well, that's on because that. Because Axel couldn't get out of his own head. <laughs> the Motley man, the Motley Crue stuff just. Dude, that was such a stupid thing to say, man. I, what an idiotic thing to say. I mean, you, you, Black Sabbath didn't start all that, really. No, honestly. Well, yeah. th hell, this band, James, with That's sympathy for the devil. Yep. <laughs> yeah. In the yeah. 60s. Merciful fate. I, I mean, dude, really? The Celt Frost? Come on, man. They're, they're such idiots, dude. I hate it, man. I really, I used to like, I, I loved the first two albums. Well, at least Shot at the Devil. First one's pretty good, but uh, man, they say some stupid stuff and do some stupid stuff, man. Absolutely, agree, hundred percent. Oh man, well, ninety four was slamming. Yeah, 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 that was good. That that was good. It's like a different yeah. band, really a little different band, but uh, yeah, it was a good album, I'd say. But yeah, man, it just it, you know, I mean, they were talking about sticking around too long, just like them and Kiss and. <laughs> All these bands, man, they're out there lip syncing and running tracks, and you don't even know if they're playing their drums at this point. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, just they should have been gone two decades ago, like Kiss and several other bands, man. Just an embarrassment. They're embarrassing. Man. Well, in all, in all defense, the Mark Steph Leopard, they still sound pretty good. <laughs> Mark, Mark Steph Leopard. <laughs> oh, because I love it. Like them. Mark, yeah, they, they, they still sound Leopard. good. But, do they? Uh, yeah, I, can, I, mean, I think they do. That's I mean, irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't listen to that really fast power mania, man. So. Oh, I don't listen to them. I'm just saying, I'm just saying how they sound live. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. I love yeah. me some Hysteria. I don't give a fuck what you guys yeah, think. That album sucks. That is one it of my sucks. favorite albums. But I love Pyromania and, and High and Dry better. But I still go to fucking... Like in hysteria all the time, dude. I can listen to that album from front to back, like any of the original Def Leppard albums. Fucking great shit. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to lean more to on through the night. Exactly. I was gonna say, we should go to we should do an album battle on through the night and hysteria. That one is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. 
Assyria yeah. has too many tracks. That won't even match up, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Well, bonus tracks, man. We got bonus tracks. Oh, yeah. we do. They do have bonus tracks from On Through the Night, like some demos I have yep. on a box set. So, well, preview, mine would be all On Through the Night, Hysteria Zero. <laughs> yeah, already... that's true. It would be a clean sweep for me. Too. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, dude, that would be... <laughs> I, I would do uh, L.A. Guns versus Firehouse. <laughs> wow. <laughs> why? Why make anybody do that? Um, That's like I can, smell, I, I can smell the ribs cooking now, man. <laughs> that, it's it's. Yeah, right. I, hey now, yeah. hey now. I just thought of this today, though. I thought of this today because Mark's not pushing this LA Guns new album down everybody's throat, so it must did. not have been that great. Yeah, must not been that good. I love the new Rival Sons, and I'm not pushing well, that down on your well, throat let's either. Say, Let's say, out of curiosity, I was thinking this today. Where where are you at on seventy two seasons now? You sit and listen to it a lot. Oh yeah, I like it. You do. I play songs on that metal station. I played the whole album on there basically already. I like it. <laughs> so it's age. It's age fine for you. Yeah. Oh. But the new Def okay. Leppard album hasn't. I haven't went back to it yet much. Uh, I, 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 have, I have not listened to the new Metallica since after the first week I got it, man. What's wrong <laughs> with you? It's good. Uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that album, James? Uh, I mean, which, which one? Right, yeah, 72 me. seasons. Uh, 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 man, I got, to, I got to be honest with you, man. I ain't listened to it yet. I, I, <laughs> Hurry, man. Hey, you gotta apologize. That one dude likes half of it. Your hero. Come on, man. I heard like a uh, couple, you know, I've heard a couple songs are, are, are decent, man, but, and I'll probably listen to it soon. Honestly, I kind of forgot about it. I mean, like, I don't know, man. Like, I just don't want to, like, uh, you know, get disappointed again or something. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not, I didn't know my kids still liked half of it because they're my hero. So, did you like nice. uh, did you like Hardwired, James? Uh, I like some songs off of it, yeah. But again, I gotta be honest, man. Um, maybe it's because I saw the tour, man. But uh, I like Death Magnetic more than the other two, man. Oh, I love Death Magnetic. Oh, rules. I, I hate the produ- the production. The, the mastering is too loud. The way they mastered oh, it, yeah. And it. Oh yeah. You can get so a better st- version off off uh, iTunes uh, remastered. Oh. They they uh they took that loudness off of it. Yeah, I don't have an iPhone, brother. So uh, you should get an iPhone. Yeah, yeah, okay, man. You can send me one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, man, I I just um I I saw Death Magnet at the tour. They got back to like at least kind of trying to be a uh, somewhat thrash band. So and uh, they had Lamb of God with them, which really pushed them to play a all shit in the set and uh i, I don't know man I, I like the songs on that one man i think better than the, um the last uh especially or hardwired and i have to listen to the new one but I, i'm gonna guess man that i'll still like that one better uh man if they would have just not did that to the mastering to make it sound stupid like it sounds kind of like and justice for all the way it warbles in your speakers and it's like dude why you're you're fucking metallica you can't get that right somebody can't get that right I don't understand that. Like, how would you let them just put that out? I mean, I guess it's because they're Metallica, but I mean, I don't know, man. I, know. Just I want to, I want to buy the the iTunes version because people are telling me get that; it's better because I do have yeah. a CD. 
Well, I mean, look, they're the same band that put that damn sound out on St. Anger. So, <laughs> oh, God, Lars. That was his fault. That, again, baffles me. Like, how do you do that? You know, just, you know, and then, I mean, I have to say, man, I love the Justice album, man. We all do. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how they would Newstead like that and not put his bass on your album. I mean, you can't figure out some other way to shit on him. Damn. You can see why he left eventually. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they just make some wacky fucking weird decisions sometimes, man. They're, they, they're cool. I love it. They're, they're quirky. They're, they're a little quirky sometimes, man. And I, I don't know how they can put an album out that isn't like mastered right or got a trash can damn snare sound. They do baffle me sometimes. So that's why, man, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm always in a hurry to get to the new album and everything. And, um, I watched this video with like Phil Osama like listening to it or something and, re and reacting to it with his facial expressions. <laughs> now that was funny. Well, that was Did funny. You like but, it? Uh, nah, I got the vibe. He was not really crazy about it. He's like, oh, yeah, all right, man. You yeah, know, he's and, being honest and he's getting paid by them right now, so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's on tour with them, so he's not. You know, man, that dude's not gonna like you know lie about some album or anybody, man. Like you know the you know, to try and, uh, you know, not get somebody, and he's on tour with them, so, you know, but, yeah, man, if you don't really dig it, you don't really dig it, man, but I, I'll, I'll check it out probably soon, um, you know, and maybe I'll like more than I expect, you know, but, yeah, that, that, that tour was the last time I saw them, and that's kind of the way I want to remember them, you know, they were, they, they really kicked ass on that one, and, uh, I saw them on the black, and then I saw them on the Death Magnetic tour, I got pictures of the, uh, stage and shit with the coffin speakers and shit if you want me to send you some well, that cool did you get did you get a certificate today certificate from van halen no metallica no oh that sucks hey james got free shit from metallica what are you talking about well, i got that whole box set, the justice well, box see, man james has been paid by metallica i have it so well, yeah, I, 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 me and my best friend got our pictures, and uh, of course, you guys have seen it. Eight, page eighty-four and page eighty-five. I know I posted enough, but yep, we're in that book for all time. Fuck well, yeah, dude! Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's a free box set too, man. That box set was like I don't know three, four hundred bucks, and it was awesome. It's, it's really cool. So well, I met I met Donnie Iris. Man, you're, wow! You're, you're, At the you're mall. My hero. At the mall. I ain't no... Hey, man, Johnny Irish is cool. that hero Hey, Charles. Charles, you, yes. are, you are a hero because you fought for the freedom of this country, so fuck off. Ah, so what? I needed uh, a job. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Hey, I didn't know that, man. That's cool. Yeah, That's cool. yeah. That was in the Respect, man. Yeah, give, but, give Charles some respect, man. When you meet Donny Harris at your mall, Jerry, he opened our mall. That's a big uh, deal, right? Wow. Donnie Don Irish rules, man. He played, like yeah, it was a free Irish. show. It was a free show, man. Mm. And that's it. And I didn't get to meet Ron Keel, who I need my $25 back, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. All right, take a shot, everybody. You know the rules. You got to take a shot when he says That's right. That's our daily shot. Actually, yeah. Ron, all due respect, I mean, your music sucks, but you seem like a decent <laughs> dude, I guess. I don't know. Terrible interview. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good interview. Uh, no, but you just set me up for something good, and I, I can't say it. Hey, uh, too bad you can't think that way of Hagar as a decent human being besides his shitty music to you. <laughs> well, he's not a decent human being. Not. He's not. I mean, he's not. What has he yeah. done? Bad. 
to people except talk okay. shit about his band. Thanks. Well, there's still word that the conspiracies of 9-11, he might have had a hand in it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still out there. <laughs> I didn't think about that before, but you're probably right, dude. Probably- they weren't, they weren't going to crash it, I don't think, but somebody put that right here, right now. In the, in the CD player, and that motherfucker was like, "No, turn that shit off." I still have for me in. Oh, we go. nobody. Like he was like, rules. "Fuck this!" You don't want to hear this going down in a plane. That's how bad yeah. they. Yeah. The, the the Indian tsunami. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much, and then and also he ruined America's greatest rock band. Yeah, he ruined. Isn't them. that enough? Yeah. That was actually yeah. Alex and Eddie that ruined it. Is, is, oh no, boy! Uh, no. No. Yeah, no, Jerry, what do you think about that? <laughs> shit vocals on there, you know. Uh, like I, I said it before, man, that Eddie does deserve some of the credit, but oh, yeah. Sammy's just so fucking. I don't know. He's so fucking like his shit don't stink. His attitude sucks. Like everybody Sam- wants him in his band. Fuck that guy. Man. Sammy gave Eddie all that tequila before it was yeah. cool, and he got him turned into a drunk. That's probably and what then, happened, yeah. And then, then he quit, left him behind Drac as a human yeah. being, right? He didn't like that shit or something. Uh, right there, Mark, Mr. Super. You no, know, the story Van Hagar that fan. It, it, there's conflicting stories that Eddie told Sammy, and it's been confirmed that he did say this. You've always been a solo artist, so I'll go back to being a solo artist, because Eddie was pissed off that Sammy wanted some time off to spend time with his new baby. And uh, Eddie wanted to record, and he said, you've always been a solo artist, just be a solo artist. So he fired him, and then Sammy says, well, I could have quit, too, when he told me that. So I don't know. It, they're both right. <laughs> so. so then, then yeah. Gary Sharon joined, oh, which just totally ruined Eddie's life for that a long time. That wasn't Gary's fault. That was Eddie's fault. He rushed the album. Uh, Gary wanted to take time to work on the songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. Seems like a good excuse. There, dude. You hear Gary Sharon talk nothing but glowing reviews of Eddie Van Halen. He does not talk any shit about Eddie Van Halen. He says he loves Eddie, and Nudo loves Eddie. Fucking, it's a fucking Eddie fest at Extreme, but everybody hates Extreme assholes. (laughs) Yes. Because they got a good guitar player with a shitty band. I mean, I hate it. (laughs) The drummer's fucking awesome, Kevin Figueroa. My uh, God, that fucking that groove that that drummer lays down with that bass player! Oh my God, you guys are fucking, you guys are trendy. You guys, are, it's not even, you guys are trendy because you don't like extreme, man. It's, it's not even not the original. Like it's not even. It's not even the original drummer. Like extreme back well, then. Well, the original drummer is the fucking manager of Aerosmith and fucking Joe Perry. Paul Geary, he sucks. Paul Geary is the manager of. Aerosmith. He's the manager of Aerosmith and uh, Joe Perry. So don't want to miss a thing's his fault. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. That's Steven Tyler's fault because the whole band says Steven was always looking for the hit after they had that big, uh, you know, pump and the the ballad shit. He was looking for a number, another ballad. Well, Well, here's it. Go ahead, James. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut y'all. I'm sorry. No problem. No, go ahead. Uh, So I'm just saying they, they don't suck as bad as Sammy. Okay, I did. I said something nice about them. They don't. Well, we brought up we brought up Aerosmith, and they're always called an American Rolling Stones. Was that? Do you think they were or Guns N' Roses? 
I have to say, stones, man. Well, stones are not from here, though. But so, well, the American version. Well, the American version. Oh no, I'm sorry. I got that. I got. I got it backwards. My bad. Um, yeah, I would say Aerosmith. Mm, yeah, I mean, look at the long longevity and everything, man. I I don't know. I I'd probably give the edge Aerosmith though. I like I like Guns N' Roses better, man. Personally, so I, any I I think that could go either way. Honestly, man. What do you so, think, Jerry? Not even the same league, not even close. Aerosmith is the best rock and roll band in America. So, uh, Van Halen. Always have been. No, Aerosmith's always Van been. Van Halen the best. with Roth. Those um, six with Roth are better than anything. Oh, yes. You can't argue that. I understand Ooh. that. But, man, the I, six I, I pack with Roth that. is better than any American oh. band ever. They were just. Ah. Uh, but you, get to count, you get to count Van Hagar against Van Halen, though. <laughs> but I wasn't, I'm not counting the Van Hagar albums. I'm counting the first six Van Halen Just albums like, are better than the first six Aerosmith albums, although I do love those Aerosmith albums. Just like with GNR, you can hold my world against them. Because the Stones would have certainly never done that. No. I mean, yeah, but the, 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 I don't know, man. Like, uh, Aerosmith has done some clunker songs, too, boy. That, you oh, know. yeah. Oh, my God, dude, man. Uh, music from Another Dimension album. Okay. Oh, yeah, man. I just, man, like, it seemed like for years, like, every song they put out was a ballad, dude. Like, damn, man. It's like they got neutered or something, you know, it's like, like, Van it's Halen. Steven Tyler's fault. He has control of that band, dude. Well... Because the other members have come out and said, we want to get in a studio and write songs, us five again, like we used to in the old days. But Steven says, no, I want an outside writer. I want that hit. What's, uh, our, what's, our, what's our paycheck song is what he wants. Yeah, but the other four don't want that. They want to be Aerosmith. They don't want to be Balladsmith, you know. Yeah. Well, I think well, Guns N' Roses yeah. could have been if they would have kept Izzy on smack. Yeah. You yeah. let him go. <laughs> hey, hugs uh, not drugs, kids, but smoke weed. Weed's good for you. Except for you, yeah. Izzy Stradlin. <laughs> yeah. For you. Yeah, but you know, it all leads about to Sammy. It's Sammy's fault for everything. <laughs> exactly. Right, the Corona. Well, I, I heard those I, Van Hagar tracks. I think Ghost you know, is taking over for Sammy now. No, no. Rival Sons. You don't even. You're just making for the rival sons because I like them, Charles. You have no. No, I've listened. I don't. They don't impress Same me. Oh my Fine. God! Pressure and time, dude. They opened up for Sabbath, man. Yeah. They're fucking Blank. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's. Sabbath, they roll. I mean, I, like, yeah, I do like. I do, I do like rival sons. Thank you. Oh, I just saw Sammy's picture or something like. Uh, oh. Oh yeah! Oh, did you guys see that? Uh, those pictures of the uh, new Snow White movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We don't talk about that stuff on here. <laughs> guy, that little dwarf guy. <laughs> I believe that was Sammy, dude. I think that's. <laughs> I think Sammy in Snow White. He's the dwarf. He almost made me spit out. He almost made me spit out my whiskey. Yeah, the yeah. model of all of them. They look very similar. I'm just saying they look really similar, man. And they're both evidently dicks, because like that dude's like, oh, don't hire the other six drawers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and he got he lost like six little other guys jobs because, but he came dwarf i'm the only dwarf all right okay it went from seven to one so all that leads back to sammy hagar sucks and uh i think he is probably ruining snow white and disney and marvel also oh, blame no fucking disney has ruined marvel and pixar <laughs> Yeah, it was Hagar's fault. Blame it all on him anyway, man. I just, you know, whatever happens bad, it's his fault. All right, man. But let's get into this album. You guys want to get into the album now, or you want to keep talking about Sammy? No, let's get into shit about Sammy. I mean, it's fun. We had a whole episode on our YouTube Freeform Rock podcast on YouTube. Be involved, man. But we get into this album. It's 1973, released August 31st. 1973 has an anniversary coming up, but we don't get into anniversaries on this show. That's left to another podcast. 50 but. years old this year. <laughs> wow. Damn. Yeah. Oh, this album will be 50 years old. Fuck yeah. Jesus. I just turned 50. Fuck. Yeah, I was three. When this I was like, no, wait. I was two when this album came out. I'd be three in October of this year of 73. So I was two, dude. When this album I was in, I was in the mom's womb. I was about six Jerry, more Jerry, months you to go. were like two, right? You were like one. Yeah, right? I was two. I was two. I'm... Yeah. We're close together in age, just a few months apart. I'm older. Uh that's why you should <laughs> that's why you should respect your elders, Jerry. <laughs> I, I got I got something for you to respect. <laughs> oh. Oh. Hey, man, I, you know how you turn old, right? Tell me about it. You know you're old when you get your first ARP letter in the mail, the AARP shit. <laughs> fucking A, dude. Fucking A. And I've been using the hell out of it, man. You might as well, man. I haven't had that card. My, they my, don't check my anymore. My wife's cousin, my cousin now, uh, she was in uh, at Rocket Pop with us, Rebecca. She was like, say, look, I got my AARP card. <laughs> you're like, so? You're fucking old, man. You're officially old, dude. She's awesome, man. She's she's a fucking killer cousin. I like to hang out with her. She makes me laugh, and and then I fuck with her. That's funny, and she takes it. <laughs> we were arguing over five G. She says I got five G on my phone. I said five G is the the service, dear. Uh, your your um your processor isn't five G. Apple's got the best processor. She was arguing over Android. It it was funny. <sighs> Let's get into this album, though. August 1st, like Charles said, coming up on its 50th anniversary, man. This is their 11th and 13th studio album by the Rolling Stones, man. Uh, so Goathead Soup is actually a real cuisine. It's not nothing to do with Satanic, but they did have an album, Satanic Majesty, Majesties, right? So yeah, they request. did it before Motley yeah. Stew. Uh, but, uh, they recorded yeah, this... even though it's a hippie dippy. Motley stole. <laughs> Motley Boo. <laughs> I don't like. I don't. That's one Stones album I don't care for. Which one? It's lame. Sa Satanic Magic. Yeah, it's lame. Did, wasn't there a song that Ace redid on with Kiss? Two Thousand Man. Yes. That's on rules. Kisses, Kisses is better. Yes, Kisses is better. Yeah, kisses. that's a case of a cover. Oh, come on, that album. She's like a rainbow. That's a great song. Oh, she's I like, like that song. Rules. I like a song or two, but it, they were trying to be the Beatles. And no, 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 no. Yeah, they're much better. Be the Stones. Be the Stones. Right, and they're best of being the Stones, man. Let's get to the start with the tracks, man. We'll start with you, uh, James, Dancing with Mr. D. 
Okay. So I hadn't listened to this album in a long time, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys actually uh, invited me on. Um, it's been a while since I listened to this one, and like, it's a pretty, uh, pretty tripping song title. You know, it starts out the first song. Uh, I'm like, what the hell is that about? Um, but the lyrics are actually pretty cool, and I, and I love the way the Stones kind of slide into this album. Like, you know, they kind of slide into starting it off like only they can do, man. It's just something about them, man. It, it's it's that sound, and uh, I love the interplay between the guitars. Jagger sounds so good, man. His voice is just like in prime shape. And like I said, the lyrics are unique. The song title is unique. Um, it's got a good groove to it. And uh, I just love the way it starts the album out, man. So it's really solid opener. What do you think about it, Jerry? Dancing with Mr. D. I've had, I've had to dance with Mr. D a couple times in my life, and uh, it wasn't very fun. Um, featuring the great Billy Preston on the clavinet. I'm sure all you Beatles fan knows who he is. Yeah. Um, cool sound and rhythm. I like the way it starts out, man. Well, Mick's got this great low register. sound really fucking works for this song, man. I love the lyrics. Um, definitely showcase Mick's vocals, man. But it's a, not a bad opener, man. I give this one a three out of five. A friend of mine saw them, not this tour, the last tour they were on. They actually did it as a request live. So that was kind of pretty cool. So uh, good <laughs> tune, man. I mean, this is pretty much one of their darker albums, I would say. It was... Uh, Wedged in between two great albums, man. Exile on Main Street and, uh, uh, fuck. It's only rock and roll, right? That was the next yeah. one. I mean, so, uh, so far it's starting out pretty good. We'll see how this album, uh, compares to this two. But they're off to a good start, man. Four out of five. I almost picked this song as my song pick, but I went the more commercial my pick. You'll see when that comes up. But man, this song is fucking Southern Groove, Dirty Fucking Groove. Mick is on fire. So much personality in his voice. Bill and Charlie, well, I guess Bill was only played, what, three songs on this album on bass? So yeah. whoever's playing yeah. bass on this song. And Charlie have a great groove, man. So this is a fucking killer opener. So we get to the star fucker. Well, that's later, but go ahead, Charles. Man, that riff that Keith came up with on this song is so badass, man. We get shades of sympathy of the devil here with the lyrics uh mixed vocals are absolutely fantastic one thing i always love uh about mick is at times is such an authentic southern style voice on certain types of tracks and that's pretty good for a dude from dartford kent in the uk the stones to me had to be the most astute fans and students of blues and rock from america of any band that came out of the uk uh, I've always been a fan of their om ominous numbers, and to me, it's about the devil, and the devil comes in many forms in this song. Like, the second part's about a succubus. Uh, I'm not sure who the highlight is, but again, that riff is so ominous, and it's Mick Taylor sitting in on bass, and uh, played it really well, and his guitar work was great, too. A great, deep, somewhat forgotten track here. Yeah, yeah Keith and uh, Mick played a lot of bass on this album. So Not Mick. So, oh, yeah, Taylor. Yeah. I, I always get it confused with Jagger. So before we so. get on to the next song, I like I liked it. So who was the the MVP of the Stones, and who was the weakest link of the Stones, James? 
the MVP and the weakest link. Oh man, that's hard, man. You mean of all time, or just this album? Just well, you could go this album or all time, whatever you want. I mean, I'm Keith Richards guy. I, I love Keith. Keith, his guitar, his man, the the way he weaves in and out of rhythms and different chords. Um, man, he just got that style. Like there's like nobody like him. And it's really that's a really hard call because you know everybody in the band's awesome. I mean, Mick Jagger's like one of the best front man of singers ever, you know. Um, and Charlie Watts, I mean, no drummers like him. But uh, yeah, being I'm a guitar player, I have to say I just I love Keith Keith's his guitar, man. I, I have to go with him, man. But I'm a little biased. But everybody in the band, I mean, they're top notch and. Personally, for me, I take the Stones over the Beatles all day. Yeah. So who's the weakest link? I'm going to say the bass player because I don't remember his name right now. Everybody <laughs> 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 else. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, man, yeah, I don't know. You know, they had a couple different guitar players play with Keith, man. So, uh... I guess it's serious. I, I guess I have to go with a bass player. Of course, not drawing, man, with him. They're all... They're all great, man. So there's not Ron a Ron Wood rules, so you can't pick him. Who? Ron Wood, the other guitar oh. player. That's yeah. In the band. yeah, yeah. He, yeah, I love him too, man. I mean, they've had some great guitar players play with Keith, but uh, I don't know. I just always like Keith's playing in particular, man. The way he plays rhythm, especially, and um, he just reminds me of Chuck Berry a lot. They have like similar styles in a way. Um, he was in that documentary with Chuck Berry, Hail, Hail, Rock and Roll. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, man. I mean, he just, I mean, even later on, one of his songs that we'll talk about has a um, Johnny Be Good vibe to it. So it's um, yeah. <laughs> really quick. So, um, yeah, they're all like, you know, some of the best players in rock history. But, uh, yeah, me, I love Keith Richards. And uh, the weakest league I have to say is Bill Wyman. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I love some bass players, but man, I can't pick against Charlie Watts mm. and Wood, like you said. So, yeah, and I, I sure ain't picking Jagger. So, you know that story about Charlie Watts and Jagger, right? Well, yeah, didn't Mick Jagger saying, "I want my drummer here. I want my drummer." He's all drunk, so Charlie Watts puts on his suit, gets all primped and proper, walks up to fucking uh, Mick Jagger's room, and he says, "You're my singer." I'm not your drummer. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Charlie and Watts was a badass, man. <laughs> awesome, dude. He and looked like, like the most docile member of the band besides Wyman. But that dude, yeah. no, you read stories about Charlie Watts. He was the, the silent leader in that band. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. You didn't mess with that dude. Yeah, man, not mess with him, dude. No. So, uh, Jerry, who's your MVP and weakest link? Oh man, Mick Jagger definitely the MVP man. I mean, there's no you don't really need to discuss the reason why either with Keith Richards either. You don't need to really you know answer why they are the MVP because both of them are pretty much the MVP. The least valuable player, just because Mark said I couldn't pick him, I'm picking him. Ron Wood. Oh, you asshole! <laughs> <laughs> He's been. The nah, I don't know. I don't know. Seriously, I don't. It's hard to pick a you know least valuable player. Not yeah, I think it was Bill Wyman. Bill Wyman, because there's a lot of you know a lot of songs he didn't play on in the, in the Stones' career. So, 
I would definitely have to pick Bill. I mean, I don't know why, man. He's a good bass player. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't get it, but uh, didn't I'm sure Paul, they have reasons. Didn't John Paul Jones play bass on Sympathy for the Devil? Was not aware of that, but it's possible. Yeah, so. they were. That's where him and Jimmy Page met as uh, session music. But uh, oh shit! I mean, I mean, they're all. I mean, fucking Brian Jones, fucking Mick Taylor. They're all. They were all awesome, you know, for the band, you know. So you'd have to pick Bill Wyman, man. I mean, obviously, that's pretty much a no-brainer in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm gonna go the Jerry route. I'm gonna take uh, Mick Jagger. And Bill Wyman, uh, because Bill Wyman was kind of the. You see him in the videos, dude. He had no fucking expression. Who he looked like a fucking robot with the stones. At least fucking uh, what's the guy from uh, Judas Priest? At least he moves his bass up and down. <laughs> you know, be animate, dude. You're just standing there by, the, by Charlie Watts licking his ass. I don't fucking yeah. know what the fuck you were doing, and then I find out you're not on half the great stones tracks uh yeah you are the weakest link bye bye but uh yeah. the star man what what what's your mvp and weakest link keith richards is the mvp all day my favorite member of the stones and uh, i actually love his singing voice too i wish he would have sung more songs and i'll have to go with the sammy hagar of the outfit bill wyman he's <laughs> completely completely useless I don't even think he's that great of a bass player. He was all right on uh, 19th Nervous Breakdown. A few songs, but Keith Richards played a lot more bass than would be credited a lot of times. The bass player so. they have now live is really good. He's great. He's great. Yeah, yeah. He blows Bill Wyman away. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's been with him a while, too. I mean, Bill Wyman, if I'm not mistaken, was allowed to be in a group because he had a job and he had, like, equipment. And that was, like, the main reason why they even let him be in. Yeah. Because yeah. he was, like, way older than those guys and shit. Yeah, so. he, he was, wasn't he? I mean, but, yeah, I didn't know John Paul Jones played bass on Sympathy for the Devil, huh? Yeah. That's one. They, were, they met, and I think Jimmy, I think Jimmy was on that song, but then somebody said he wasn't. So, it could be rumors, but I know John Paul Jones and Jimmy Page met as session musicians. So, uh, they played a lot on the, like, like great shit that you don't know about. So, <laughs> like, like, but then let's get to a hundred years ago, uh, James. Hmm. Well, I like this song a lot. The beginning few notes remind me uh, right away of "Beast of Burden," and it's, it's that kind of pace too. Um, <clears throat> man, I, I, the Stones have have they ever made a bad song? <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I love the lyrics. Until just about then, no. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm just talking about the classic, you know, Stone songs. Uh, uh, I'm talking about when they got the Harlem Shuffle. Yeah, they made some bad songs. <laughs> that song rules. <laughs> yeah. Think about the album, though. There's a lot of bad uh, shit on that album. Dirty work. Okay, all right. So I love the lyrics. Just about everyday life. Charlie Watts. Speaking of the great Charlie Watts. There's nobody like him, like his style, that organic style, that shuffle. Nobody can play like that guy. I mean, there's a hundred thousand, you know, guys that can sit in that seat and, uh, you know, play rings around him as far as technical ability, but they couldn't play a song like him. You know, you just, you can't replace that. It's just like John Bonham, you know, Neil Peart, guys like that, you know, and um, I, I did. Ringo Starr. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just, you know, 
I mean, there's something about those original guys, man. Special bands, you know. Phil Rudd, yeah. A lot of guys, man. Like Phil Rudd's he, awesome. Chris, man, you know, our, yeah. our, his career, man, he was pretty good drummer, man, and uh, influenced millions, dude. Like, just does beats for 100,000 years, that solo and stuff. And Eric Carr could play, you know, technically better than him. And I love him more, actually, but... You know, Peter Chris, that sh that style that he had with that jazz, he vibe to it, uh, made Kiss different than a lot of rock bands. It, it made them unique. And, um, yeah, Charlie's the same way. Yeah, but, so I'll go uh, next. Uh, man, they got that southern groove they le have left over from Exile on Main Street. Still going to start this album. How can you rate a perfect song like these two have been, man? This song goes from southern to funk rock groove. What a great ending as the song goes out on fire, man. This fucking song rules. Jerry. I'm surprised you guys didn't mention Ricky Rocket as far as the best drummer. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm just kidding. Anyway, now you nailed it right on the... James, you nailed that right in the head about Charlie Watts. I mean, is he technically the best drummer? No. I compare him and Nick Mason on the same level as far as drummers. They work so good in their band that nobody can copy them. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah. Nick, Mason, I mean, Nick just, Mason was replaced on a couple, like a couple albums, though. <laughs> no, yeah, on, on a couple of, but still, I mean, his sound. Charlie Watts did on every Stone song, dude. Well, would you let me talk? Okay, Jeez. go ahead. <laughs> okay, this song, hundred years ago, man, I love this song, dude. The fucking piano rules all through it. I think we got that cool clavinet again. Um, you know, another thing that Stones don't get enough credit for is their their vocal harmonies, man. I think they're incredible, man. Especially when Keith and him sing together, man. They sound so good. Um, I love that middle, you know, the one that goes in that Lazy Bones part in the bridge. It's so fucking smooth, and it breaks into that cool electric piano. Fucking just in that solo. Total badass tune, in my opinion, man. I give this one a five out of five, man. Roll, roll. Wow. Let me get to wow. you, Star. Well, one of the best aspects of the Stones, to me, is that ability to move between styles. And, uh... We get a slightly country rockish type of song here, at least through part of it. Uh, somewhat reminded me of that same style as Loving Cup on Exile on Main Street. Uh, Billy Preston, Nicky Hopkins, absolutely brilliant. And when Preston kicks into that funky section of the track, I mean, what can one say? He's an absolute highlight of the track, and he was running that clavinet through a wah. And what a great touch. Just the song with those... Cool ass twists and turns, there's good surprises throughout it. I do think it is an album track, and I didn't quite think it was as cool as Dancing with Mr. D, but I still think it is a very good track. All right, and we get to the next track, which uh, Mr. James West picked here, coming down again <coughs> on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
All right, James, you picked coming down again. Why? Well, I was going to go with Angie, but, um, you know, I thought that was like a too obvious song. <laughs> Everybody knows that one, you know, so like I was trying to get somebody to listen to, you know, something different, you know, that wasn't on the radio 10,000 times. But um, I think <sighs> this song is beautiful. Uh, I love the effects on the guitars, the flanger effect on the guitars. Uh, it's got that retro, great sound. Um, I really like the production on this one. And uh, these guys, they're on another level than 99% of rock bands ever. I mean, you know, you just can't. It's just that sound, man, they got. You immediately know when the Stones come on the radio man even if it was one of these deep cuts you would just know it was the stones if you're a rock fan and um i like the pace i really like the pace the uh jagger's vocals he's just he's just nailing it here it sounds so great and it's got like a melancholy vibe to it um very laid back and definitely one of my favorites on here for sure all right man. you know you know who the stones remind me more of than aerosmith is the black crows <laughs> but uh the black crows are huge stones fans but uh when the black crows remind you of them well because they they're they're more of like you know hey but it ain't let me not you sound well, like yeah but jagger, i mean this, what this what the stones were out before them well, i know no but i'm saying this the black crows are like the stones of today you know because aerosmith lost that mantle a long time ago but the black crows are still making some good shit but uh yeah. Jerry, what do you think of a uh, hundred years ago? Oh, coming down again. I mean, oh man, fucking what a cool emotional ballad this is, man. Nicky Hopkins' piano playing is just stands out in this song, in my opinion. Such sincerity in Mick's voice when he does a ballad, man. Incredible, man. Which we'll see on another ballad later on, which I picked, James. I'm not going to mention the song. <laughs> oh. uh, underrated as shit, in my opinion. I think this song should have been a hit. I'm surprised it wasn't. Mm -hmm. I love this song. Five out of five, man. Yeah, man. I think this song is a fucking cool southern rock, dark, slow jam. I think this is about drugs that are coming down because he goes, where's my friends in the lyrics? You know, he, I'm coming down. Like, he needs people around him. And he's coming out. And then that fucking little sax they have is kind of out of place, but it fucking rules. Fucking love this song. Fucking killer. Fucking slow jam, but it's fucking dark as fuck. It's like a, like cheap trick. Fucking went back. They love the Beatles. They go to their dark Beatles, but I think they hit the Stones also. What do you think about it, uh, Charles? Uh, primarily Keith Richards' piece, and it does feature Mick singing harmony to Keith's lead vocal. Uh, Keith's lyrics, man. Slip my tongue in someone else's pie. Tastes better every time. Uh, this ain't about drugs, Mark. No, uh, this was about him taking uh, Brian Jones' girlfriend away from him, Anita Pallenberg. Oh, and, that's, what, uh, that's what I heard. That's what I heard, but I was I don't think. Uh, damn. Actually, damn. Said that. So <laughs> you don't have to. This is what it's about. God damn. I mean, what can more say? I mean, Keith just don't give a fuck, man. Oh well, and I, I really don't either because uh, this song is kick ass, and but I mean, it's just. With the juxtaposition of a beautiful ballad, but you're just these lyrics, man, are Dark as fuck. the opposite of this song. Yeah, man, he's just going on about it. It's pretty cool. Um, 
It is, though, somewhat of a typical Richards ballad. I think he retread this area a lot through time with the Stones. So ranked against some of those, because I love, like, uh, Silver. Uh, you got the Silver, you got the Gold, or whatever, you know, that song, and some of the other songs. But it is still very good. And in the context of this album, I definitely dig it. Uh, and lyrically, though, it's, it's so interesting. But definitely real. All right, man. Well, that's cool to know. Because it sounded like I'm coming down again, you know, when you get that high coming down from it. Where's my friends? You know, so. Slip, slipped my tongue in someone else's pie. I read that yeah. lyric and I go, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for uh, etching my me, Charles. On that one. Whoa. 1973, right? Yeah. We're going to touch on, we're going to touch on this on my pick for sure. <laughs> All right. And if we get to, uh, the next song, which I said I picked a little bit more like a commercial song because do, 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 Heartbreaker on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
Sorry for interrupting the podcast. I just want to take a second to thank all of you for listening. Please take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean. And join the Freeform Rock Podcast community on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Okay, man. You know, four do's and heartbreaker. <laughs> I don't want to sell do-do-do-do because I don't have a rhythm saying it. But, man, here's a song I picked. I got what I wanted because all y'all picked the, all <laughs> the other songs that I like. But fucking, this is Dirty Southern Blues with those horns fit in so well. Mick, Mick is in a fucking groove in that solo. Fucking Mick Taylor, my God, is on fire. Sing along chorus. Mick Taylor with that wah-wah and Preston on a clavinet, man. Fucking... Dude, you just fucking heartbreak up with that boy. You just want to fucking make his voice. It's just like, oh, God, fucking personality up the fucking ass. I fucking love this song. Thank you guys for not picking it. So we get to you, James West. Um, This is a very crazy song title, but I get it. I mean, it's got a cool vibe to it. I think, you know, you guys talk about the southern sound. On a lot of this album, man, I hear I heard that right away too. And um, man, if you if you didn't know any better, you would think the Stones were from the South because they got kind of like Southern rock kind of vibe to a lot of songs on this album. And um, I picked that up right away, and it just uh, like that uh, down south blue sound, man. Oh my God, you know they they have that. And and uh, again, talking about Charlie Watts, you know he's the man he really shines on this song you know and I, I mean i love the way the instruments sound production wise sound great um I, and i really love the guitar solo really good solo Mick kicks ass on that man yeah 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 but bass has a really great groove to it and i like the horn on that song. <laughs> i believe keith oh. keith I think so. <laughs> it wasn't Wyman. That's yeah. all I know. Could have been Charlie Watts. Yeah. I don't feel so bad about picking him then when you ask for the weakest link. <laughs> uh, we, we still haven't hit Bill Wyman land yet. Yeah. Coming soon. But uh, I like the horns, um, and I don't always like horns. Usually I don't like them, you know, but they sound good in this song, and they sound good in some other songs. Um, I think it's a pretty good tune, and like I said, just that really good southern vibe to it, and, um, you know, there's not a, well, it's definitely not a bad song, that's that's for sure. I don't know if it's one of my least favorites, it's somewhere in there, but still, really, really good song, though. Doesn't Keith Richards sound like he's from Alabama? No, not yeah. Keith Richards, I mean Mick Jagger. He sounds like Mick he's Jagger. from Alabama. Yeah, he does, man. He does. He does. You think here? It's crazy, dude. You know, might not have the heavy accent, but it's just that vibe, man. I, I don't know, man. They they have it though. They definitely have it on this album. Yeah. So, what do you think about Heartbreaker, Jerry? I fucking love this song, dude. The, the, the fucking you mentioned it, man. Fucking Mick Taylor is on a roll in this fucking song, dude. I mean, this is like a typical. If you're gonna introduce person to the Stones, man, I'd pick one. This song, maybe. A couple others to introduce them with because this is a, a classic Stone song in my opinion, dude. Especially in the seventies, um, 
again, you know, Mick Jagger, one of the greatest frontmen and lyricists and, and storyteller in the history of rock and roll, man. I love the horns in this song, dude. I think they work perfectly with it. And Keith's got this really fucking awesome fat bass line going through the song. It just rips, dude. Another classic, dude. I get this number five out of five again. Yeah, Bill Wyman wasn't on this shit. Charles, what do you think about it? More than likely the best song on the album. Uh, maybe the second best known track on the record. Don't let that doo-doo fool you, because there ain't none in this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's an all-time Stones classic. I draw parallels to the song A Day in the Life, um, because our protagonists are victims in the song. That's read right out of newspaper articles, but not English papers, papers from New York. You don't get any more gritty than this, and Jagger has a really pissed-off delivery. Ten-year-old boy shot by a cop, ten-year-old girl ODing. I mean, you have to love the outrage and the senselessness of the things Mick conveys here, and... Well, hell, man, maybe he can teach us things about ourselves more than how to play rock and roll. Some of these issues are prevalent today. One of my favorite tracks ever by the Stones, maybe the third, maybe my third favorite on the album. Damn, Charles, you got deep there, dude. Kudos. <laughs> I'm like sitting here all stoned going, wow, I'm listening to the Dalai Lama. But, there you uh, go. We get to the next song, which is Angie with... Uh, Freaking, uh, you know, Jerry picked. So here's Angie on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
Alright, Jerry, you picked Angie, man. I mean, why not, dude? This is a fucking beautiful fucking tune, dude. Uh, the rumors about this song are a little uh, interesting, actually. Um, about David Bowie's wife walking in on him, uh, Mick and David in bed. Ooh. I don't know if that's true or not, but that was a big rumor about this song at the time. Yeah, uh, heard that, yeah. Uh, but holy shit, what a, what a fucking great tune this is, dude. The acoustics and piano, man, are fucking amazing. You know, and welcome aboard, fucking Bill Wyman. Hello. <laughs> welcome yeah. to the album. Finally, <laughs> earning this paycheck. And, and it's amazing because their bass and drums are so amazing together in this song, dude. <laughs> um, just another great fucking tune from them. I love it. I mean, five out of five, dude. I, I heard Bill Wyman was a whore. How many? Wives? Yeah, I think he had more wives than any member of the band. <laughs> yeah, that was his. That was his. Uh, he was the Gene Simmons. That was his. Uh, his. Uh, what do you call so it? So he kind of copied Gene Simmons was, by not playing on a lot of songs. <laughs> no, Gene would have copied him again. He was before Gene. Oh yeah. Uh, his, so Gene yeah, yeah, was his hero. He, Robert Palmer is his favorite singer. He's addicted to love. Yeah, Bill Wyman. No, Bill oh, Wyman. Bill Wyman? Oh, wow. Yeah, he was addicted to love. That's cool. Didn't he marry, <laughs> oh, didn't he marry like a, a 16-year-old last or something? I don't know. Something insane. Yeah, he did. He was very, yeah, she was very young, yeah. yeah and then his did. son married the girl's mom. <laughs> Can't make this shit up. Ha! <laughs> insane. Oh, insane. My God. Bill Wyman was the whore. So He's a doo-doo-doo. He's a doo-doo-doo. Yeah. But then I'll get to Angie because I think this is one of the dark ballads of all time. This is uh, fucking, uh, you guys were talking about Nicky Hopkins on piano, man. He played with the Kinks, the Who, the Beatles, Steve Miller Band, Jefferson Airplane, Rod Stewart, George Harrison, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, the Hollies, Cat Stevens, Carly Simon, Harry Nielsen, Joe Walsh, Peter Frampton, Jerry Garcia, Jeff Beck, Joe Cocker. Art Garfunkel, Badfinger, Charles, and Graham Parker, and Gary Moore, and Donovan. What a fucking... And, Qu and Quicksilver Messenger Service. Oh. Shout out, Lee Gersman, since you make me fucking review everything by hey, then. Hey, wasn't that... That was a good band, though. One album was good. The one I did? I don't know. I did one that was a cowboy on the front. Oh, it the was one okay. I did was better than... <laughs> Maybe. Oh, man. But, but he played on that group, though. Yeah, he he's widely considered to be one of the greatest studio pianists in history of popular music. Angie Rules, great all-time fucking classic. Then we get to you, James. Okay, like, um, of course, this is one of, like, one of the best rock songs ever, just out of any bands. It is so good. And obviously, you know, it's the best song on the album. I mean, um, I, you know, I won't say I'm, I'm burned out on it, but, you know, I would definitely pick to listen to some other songs before it on here because I've heard it so many times. But, but dude, every time you sit down and listen to her, you, you, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to, like, turn it off because it's so damn good. And um, it is kind of a, a dark uh, song about, love like being in love relationships you know how it's beautiful but at the same time heartbreaking too kind of you know all fit together and uh the lyrics are stellar and um you know i think most people 
can relate to this song and relate to the lyrics because it just sums up the good and bad of relationships to me. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It just, I mean, man, just a stellar, stellar tune. And um, side note, you guys were talking about um, uh, Keith Richards stealing uh, uh, Brian Jones as a girl, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I just happened to uh, read an article in like the last month and um, they were talking about how they were all partying at this place they would always go to somewhere on some island or something wherever they had this house at and every time Keith would just nod out off his heroin and uh, you know the rumor is that Mick was just <laughs> Mick was sleeping with uh with the yeah I've heard that from Brian Jones so yeah well she made it she also made a movie with him and I don't know if it was Ned Kelly or which one she made a movie with him, and there's nude scenes together, and Ooh. Keith was convinced that Mick hit it. So, yeah. Mick, is, Mick has been ambiguous about it to this day. He never said one way or the other. So, yeah. he probably did. He probably did. I mean, did you sure he did? Yeah. They're, they're all tagging each other's chicks. Yeah, right? they're all partying together. <laughs> yeah, hey, did, you, did you know on an episode of Days of Our Lives when that album came out, A Bigger Bang, that the they went to a Rolling Stones concert and they showed live footage of the Rolling Stones on Days of Our Lives. No. Yeah, hey. they did. <laughs> well, how do you know that? Because I watched the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. But it was awesome. It all makes sense I said, now. cool. The it, all, it, 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 now. it all makes sense now. It all makes the sense. The Rolling yeah. Stones were in a soap opera. It's like, yeah. damn. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped watching. Uh -huh. You still watch, don't you? Sure, man. Oh sure. no, dude, they have weird characters in there, like like a lot of California people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know, man. It makes sense. The things are just like, <laughs> my eyes are open. Yeah, okay, I got you. All right, man, Charles. Uh, but, but but one thing I want to ask you guys, just as a joke, uh, do you think Ghost could do Angie? I don't uh, think so. Oh Christ. Uh, before it was Richard Simmons. Now it's Days of Our Lives. <laughs> Fuck off, hey dude. Don't bring. When you were a kid and your parents didn't have money for fucking cable, I know you were with Amish people for two years. So we I didn't get, I get you. They kidnapped you, but uh, dude, you're a kid. You ditch school. You're. It's twelve o'clock in the afternoon. You only have the like ABC, NBC, CBS <laughs> channel. Oh no, no 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 yeah, no. And you, all you, so you all there is to watch. Is Days of Our Lives, but there was hot chicks in there with big boobs. Why wouldn't I watch that? Did, did, oh, I thought you were watching Richard Simmons. Oh, no, I was watching Days of Our Lives <laughs> no. with Marlena. No. She, she's, she, you guys like that fucking superhero shit, shit she did in fucking... Uh, with the that was in the 70s. Yeah. That was way she's before still that. hot, though. You know, Marlena got possessed by the devil like seven times. Oh, Lord, really? <laughs> the things Hagar fans do. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Charles, what do you think about Angie? <laughs> but Ghost could never do Angie. Okay, whatever. Uh, Angie is perhaps the best-known track off the album. It's usually all over the radio. Uh, Keith came up with that piano section. That's how it started, and then the song took off from there. That's beautiful. The guitar work, the guitar work is so great on this. And yes, Bill Wyman, thank you for showing up, <laughs> finally. Getting your paycheck. You know, done chasing them underage chicks. Good for you. Uh, pretty simple chords, man. It goes to show you can come up with songs without all them pesky hard chords. 
You know, you got a little A minor E7 CFG. Hell, I can play that shit and have been. And don't get much easier than that. And that's, I think that's a beautiful thing. But it's a bit ambiguous who Angie is, as Jerry noted. Uh, it could have been David Bowie's old lady. There's also rumors it was Mary Ann Faithful. They just changed her name. Part of the fun, I guess. I don't know. As much as I loved Izzy Stradlin's work in GNR, yeah, he couldn't get with this. Ever. All-time classic Stones ballads. There were no slouches in that, in that department. Love it. Second favorite on the album. Hell of a side closer. Yeah, I agree, man. And then we uh, flip this bitch over to uh, Silver Train. What do you think about that one, uh, James? Well, um, first thing is um, about a minute or two ago, I, I lost reception. I guess you guys didn't hear me, but uh, all of a sudden I lost you guys. And I didn't hear you for like two minutes, and then I don't know the uh, internet kicked back on, so I don't know what happened there. Okay. But we're okay. good. But you're on Silver Tree, so you can listen to the podcast and see what happened. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, man, it's got the classic stone sound, man. I, I love this deep cut. I think it's a deep cut to me. Uh, I love the bluesy feel and the groove to it. Uh, sounds like it's got a pretty good party going on in this song, man. It's got that party kind of vibe to it to me. Uh, I dig the weaving that, that the guitars do. You know, man, like I said before, it's just the guitars with the stones are just like no other band. And um, I just think like uh, this is definitely one of the best deep cuts on this album right here. And it wouldn't be a bad song to pick to play for somebody who's never heard them before either. Pretty good song, man. Yeah, man. I'll go next. Uh, uh, this is the B-side to Angie. The lyrics deal with the singer's relationship with a prostitute. Uh, dirty blues going on with that killer slide. The blues hot harp is going on. Great fucking album track and killer honky-tonk piano. Fucking, this is a killer fucking party track. I fucking love it. And it's just, Deals with his relationship with the prostitute, so that's pretty fucking cool, I guess. But uh, then we get to you, Jerry. Uh, Silver Train, man. This song was actually, I think they've been working on this song years before this album was out, I think. Um, it was early recordings, far back as the late 60s, I think, on this one. Uh, I know the Black Crows covered this song a few times live, but uh, what do I think of the song? Geez, man, working with that bass again, dude. What a fucking great bass player he actually is, dude. Uh, the harmonica comes in, dude. Nick with the harmonica, dude. Fucker's talented. Uh, got the slide guitar. Great fucking, you know, I love slide guitar. Yeah. Another great fucking underappreciated al album and song, you know, by one of the world's best rock and roll bands. Many tried, many have fucking failed. Stone to rule, man. This is a five out of five, dude. This album fucking rules. But it, it, no, it sucks because the English come and do fucking America better. <laughs> it's like, okay, you got Led Zeppelin with American fucking hard rock blues. You got these guys with American heart. And you got the Beatles with fucking pop rock, rock metal. It's like, fucking, we start it and they fucking take it and improve on it. It's like, fuck. Oasis. I know. Oasis? Yeah. yeah. I'll give you that. You know, uh, that new Gallagher album is really fucking good. Uh, it really is. It really Australia. is. Thanks. Australia, really too. Because ACDC, man. And uh, in excess. There you go. Oh, fuck. Ah! 
Uh, in excess uh, rules, man. Collections rules. Yeah, you was Rachel when he died. Mid Midnight. Yeah, I agree with you. And Midnight Oil was awesome, and that dude was a great drummer for ACDC. Oh, he was awesome. <laughs> right, Chris Lee. And the Firm. Ugh. I love the Firm. Yeah. Yeah. Heard yeah. <laughs> better. All right, who's next? Is it uh, you, Charles? Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, upside two of the rocker to get us back and fired up. Slightly countryish feel again. Mick uh, Taylor smoking on the track. And I love the humor on it. And by the way, I listened to the Giles Martin remaster. And, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Such clarity in the instruments. If you haven't heard that remaster, I recommend you to check that one out. Uh, he's the best in the business. That <laughs> Keith Richards is on bass. Bill Wyman, gonna you're gonna be putting on food stamps here soon, son. <laughs> and Keith saw, is, saw, saw himself a sexy sixteen year old walking. Right. Hey, I gotta go get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, fucking Bill. <laughs> he's gonna do shit. When you man. guys go for an eighteen year old chick. Come on. Don't give me that shit. You wouldn't go for an 18-year-old chick. She wasn't 18. I'm talking about you guys. I, you guys are like... You guys want to go for a 17-year-old, but you guys go for an 18-year-old chick. Well, who cares? I mean, no, big deal. I mean yeah. She, <laughs> if yes. I had a job in a band, though, I'd be playing the yes. bass. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, That's true. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he just did... Keith did awesome on bass again here. Uh Fun, albeit album track. I didn't think it was the greatest one I've ever heard, but I can groove with it. I do wish he'd learn her name, though. Damn. He kept saying that. What's her name? Or whatever. That was fucking hilarious. Hey, so we get to the next track. Hide Your Love. Um, let's go with you, James. Okay. Um, this one is one of the best tunes on the album. Uh, Jagger is singing his ass off, and the boys are playing their ass off. Um, it just sounds uh, like some damn good uh, down south blues, man. Just the down good down down south blues. The guitar solo, uh, it, man, it really kicks butt. Um, I really love. Um, this one, probably about my, my maybe third or fourth favorite song off the album. And um, definitely another one, you know, if I wanted to let somebody listen to The Stones um, for the first time, man, damn, this one wouldn't be a, a bad pick either. And, uh, you know, uh, last last thing, um, you guys were talking about Oasis and the Firm and NXS. Um, I have to say that. Just made a little side note. The Stones are better than Oasis, The Firm, NXS, and The Beatles put together. Oh, not The Beatles. Take The Beatles out. I agree with the other three. Hey, you got shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, not The Beatles. Not The Beatles. Not The Beatles. I, I, yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with James. Yep. Absolutely. You know, you and James are trendy. You hate The Beatles. We're not no, I, don't, I don't hate the Beatles. Where did that shit come from? You know, I love the fucking Beatles. It's trendy to say... I'm not... It's like I'm trendy to hate ghosts. So there you go. Well, I, I prefer... Uh, I prefer ACDC over the Stones. Yeah. Well, I prefer the Stones? Nah. Well, I do. Probably. With Bond. 
specifically. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a tough one, man. Probably, ooh, that's tough, man. But yeah, man. Sorry, I just you know, I, th- I think what the, the Stones. I, I get it. You know, they're just so good, man. And um, I get it. It's more relatable, man. They got way more uh, good songs to me, man. Just oh, I hear you. Yeah, but the Stones use other people's sounds to make their music. The Beatles made up their own. Oh, wow. Well, you know, the uh, Stones did whatever they did and made it better. Just like Led Zeppelin. They, is they awesome. took the blues, they took jazz, they took all this stuff, but the Beatles made I, their own shit The up. ultimate, the ultimate mic drop is, yeah, the yeah. ultimate mic drop is, they gave the Stones a Ringo song for their first hit. There you go. One the other way around. Well, yeah, was, because they came first. They did. They, yeah, yeah. Mick Jagger thanked the Beatles when he inducted them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame, <laughs> saying without Let's, the Beatles, there would be no Stones. Switch those around, man, and let the Stones <laughs> Before the Beatles, they'd have been just as big as iconic as your whole uh, No, the Beatles, I don't know. the Beatles opened up America for the Stones, dude. Man, Zeppelin. <laughs> And Lennon got killed, so, you know, people... You know. Yeah, it kind of takes Zeppelin over the Stones. Yeah, yeah I have Zeppelin over the yeah. Stones, too. Oh, yeah. Well, that would, too. That's yeah, any rock band. Any. But, but the Stones are fucking awesome. Let's get away from all the hate. Yeah. Let me take this song, Mark. All right. I wouldn't hate. I like the Beatles, too. I'm just the same. Go ahead. Hide your love. We're on some piano blues featuring Mick Jagger on the piano. And he plays it real kick-ass, man. This one I gravitate a bit more to than Silver Train, even though Silver Train is no slouch. It's got a swagger to it, this one. Great guitar solo. Bill Wyman. Again, where are you? <laughs> Keith, Keith on the bass. And again, it's fantastic. This one has such a killer feel to it. I find it to be absolutely delightful. And a highlight due to it seeming... A bit more fresh to my ears. Just a cool little blues number here. Yeah, um, I'll go next and let Jerry go last. Uh, Killer Piano Bar Band. This is like a fucking piano fucking bar band blues, like Charles said. Man, this is so fucking awesome. I That solo fucking Mick Taylor is fucking ruling, man. This is a great song to sip some whiskey to and lay back in your fucking chair and go, fuck yeah. This is fucking, like, down and dirty fucking bar band. Charles don't like them bar bands or rip fest bands. But, uh, <laughs> no, I like that's this. That's where all the good bands band. came from was the bars, man. Yeah, well, I'd like this. But Mick Taylor was my favorite lead guitarist in the I band. I agree. He, he is my favorite now. <laughs> I mean, I liked Brian Jones, too, but, you know, because he played so many different instruments and shit. But I, I thought Mick was the pure best guitar player they had. And I mean, Keith is a great rhythm player. Well, totally. One of the best ever. Stones albums too. Yeah, I take, I take Mick over Ronnie Wood. But I like Ronnie Wood. Yeah. But I just think Mick Taylor was phenomenal. They were on fire during this Yeah, I too. agree. I agree. I agree. This is definitely their fucking classic Stones era. You know? I, yeah. Mick Taylor. And, so, yeah. Jerry, hide your love, man. Oh, man. This song is on par with all the fucking great blues, uh, Guitar players out there, in my opinion, dude, it is a fucking great blues riff, dude. Um, fucking Stones could play anything, man. If they if they decided to do death metal one day, I'm sure it would sound pretty fucking good. Um, just another amazing tune, dude. Um, is it the best on the album? No, but you know, 
with that being said, I'd give it a four out of five still. All right, and then we get to winter. Uh, go ahead, Jerry. You go first this time. Winter. I think Keith was uh, trying to track down a couple women on this album, cause, uh, this song, I mean, because he wasn't on this song. Um, but still, it's a cool tune. I think it was written by both Mick and both Mick's, I think, if I, I'm right about that. Yeah, but credited to Jagger and Richards, yeah. which is okay. crazy. Um, cool slow tempo tune, man. It's not my favorite song on the album. I mean, it's not a dud by any means, man. I mean, it's got some cool riffs, you know. Mick singing again, great fucking singer, dude. Um, string arrangement's pretty cool on there. That was one cool thing about Brian Jones, man. He could write some killer. This is I'm talking about pre Stones. I know he didn't do this song, but he was he was good at doing string arrangements in the early Stones era, uh, fucking albums. Um, but I don't know who did the strings on this one, but it sounds really badass. Um, I give it a three out of five. Yeah, man, this is a cool fucking song. But uh, go, uh, James. Winter. Well, um, like these guys, like uh, I think it's uh, it's a great song, or it's a really good song. Um, one of my least favorites on the album, probably, but I mean, man, damn, it's still a really good song. If I just had to rank them, I'm just saying. But uh, you know, I like the slow groove to it. I think it's got some great lyrics, and um, and it just shows the Stones at their best. I, I like the way the beginning starts out. Um, again, it's got that melancholy sound. Um, great production, uh, uh, really cool riffs, and yeah, the string arrangements really good. I, I love those in this song. Um, that's one. That's one of the best things about it. It's just got that laid-back vibe, a slow tempo, and, um, you know, it's, again, a good song, you know, not a bad one on the album. Oh, man, they, they talk about in 1973 they wanted to come to California, but you don't want to do that now, guys. Uh, <laughs> back then, it was great. Man, this song, you put on some headphones and melt into your chair, smoking a joint. Just a well-crafted with those... Orc orchestra stuff going on and Mick Taylor fucking rules on this fucking song. Fucking killer track. Uh, Charles, what do you think about it? Uh, as Jerry noted, it was probably written by Jagger and Mick Taylor, but credited to Jagger and Richards, which is odd to me, but oh well. Bill Wyman's finally back, and as Jerry noted, <laughs> I guess he must have said, hey mate, we got I got another little <laughs> Little Randy Scouse chick outside there. And he's like, because he's not on the track at all. Really weird. Features Jagger on rhythm guitar and Mick on lead. Mick Taylor, which is certainly a highlight of the track. Uh, beautiful ballad number, great strings. Nicky Hopkins doing great panel work. I think it's fantastic, but again, it just strikes me as odd as why Taylor didn't get the writing credit, and Keith did, and he wasn't on it, but uh, hey, politics are odd, ain't they? Yeah. Great deep cut here. Definitely one of the better tracks on side two. And then we get to uh, Can You Hear the Music? I'll take the Let me go first. All right. No, let me first. go first. Go yeah, first. please. A damn flute. <laughs> and I think it's Peruvian at that. And Lord, I hate the flute. What the hell were they trying to achieve here? This is like a throwback to when we we talked about that Satanics mess. When they tried to do a Sgt. Pepper album, proving they're not as good as the Beatles. I just have never been a fan of these types of tracks the Stones would try. 
Worst track on the album. Not even fucking. It, there's nothing. This shitty. This song fucking sucks. And it just proves my age old adage. You add flutes, it fucks it up. What a hot mess of crap, man. It's a damn shame. If they put another cool track here, you would have had a perfect album. But you, but you know what? Like I said in my notes, I think the Beatles could do this as a fucking sitar track. <laughs> fucking this yeah. thing sucks. This is like the Beatles on acid, dude. Uh, within, without you, which you guys like for some reason. Oh, God, I hate that song. But uh, this song sucks. And uh, then we get to you, uh, James. Okay. Um, I have to uh, agree that um, it's probably my least favorite song on the album but it's still pretty good um one thing though man the flute man <laughs> yeah there's not a fan over this damn way nothing is no. more irate than a flute and a fucking rock song you don't, you don't like fucking uh heart when they use the flute no heart no, when they use the flute is fucking what is it love alive jerry yeah, Love Alive. Only is Chicago, only Chicago can get away with a but flute. But you don't like Love Alive by Heart? It only has a little bit of flute, dude. I don't like any flute. Well, take the well, fucking... you, after you get from the beginning, it's just fucking rocking riffs. Yeah, okay, we'll take the flute out. Why was it in there in the first place? But it sounds yeah, because it, it sounds beautiful because she's singing slow and it, the flute goes with her voice. So when okay. they go to dun 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 dun, fucking song, keep my love, gonna keep my love alive. Yeah. Okay. Nancy Wilson. Oh my god, you guys are fucking suck. You don't like that song. Yeah, you go listen to that. So anyway, <laughs> you're misogynistic, as my buddy Bob A would say. I I, I hate Jeffro Tall. I do too. Oh, okay, I'm saying heart. You didn't like yeah. heart with the flute, so I don't know. Fucking it out there with his peg leg, fucking around with that flute. <laughs> it aggravates me just to look at him. Oh, and then when he starts playing it, it's like ten thousand times worse. Man, a flute does not belong in rock and roll. Except Here that's heart. And he's playing the flute. Yes. No. Yes. Oh. Who it is, man? No, no, no. Rich, Richard Simmons fans like it. I like I'm, Jethro Tull. I love Aqualung. Days of our lives, fans. Well, okay, one of the one of the best songs ever written has a fluted. Yeah, I know. I was about to bring. Oh, we lost James. What's <laughs> <laughs> going? The flute is wreaking havoc. No, James <laughs> fucking removed me from the call, dude. Oh man, no, no, Mark, Mark. It was, it was tied to your bullshit. He removed me. What an <laughs> asshole! You takes me out of my own podcast. Well, I mean, you did say you like that flute, man. So in heart, <laughs> not on this song. I like Jethro Tull. I like Jethro Tull. I hate that dude. Him and fucking Joe Cocker. Uh, yeah, I agree. I love Joe Cocker. Ruined, ruined with the help of my friends. You can oh, ruined it. it. I like it. Oh, no, I'm having a fucking seizure here. I'm Joe Cocker. I'm having a fucking seizure. I love you getting your hat on. You know, it's got some good shit, man. Love lifts us up where we keep it alone. Yeah, yeah. That's that song. song. 
You yeah, like you can not leave your hat on from nine and a half weeks until like a sexy Kim Basinger. Don't give no, a shit. Lord, you know that song Lordy, Mama. where she's no, fucking stripping. She's uh, stripping. Okay. Uh, Kim Basinger was hot. Well, yeah, if she's stripping, man, but that don't make the song good, man. What's <laughs> <laughs> got good memories now? <laughs> I'm, I'm saying take Jeff Ertel, Joe Cocker, man, and put him in a boat. Let him play a fucking you know, show on a boat. And then, uh, Don't let the boat come back. That's all I'm saying. Get rid of them. Right. Or, or if you're running with Sammy, yo, yo, and Vince Neil. Yeah, well, yeah. Let Sammy be the captain of this shit. <laughs> Classic beer run. Yeah, oh let Okay, so who's next on Can You Hear Me? Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. Well, I didn't. No. Go ahead. Go ahead, James. James you got sidetracked. Well, you took me out of the call, so how do I know? Well, dude, look. Uh. The flute sucks. Um, the flute sucks. Yeah, basically, the flute sucks. It shouldn't be in this song. Fuck Chicago. I can't stand them. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the flute or whatever it is out of the stairway to heaven. I and it would be just as good. That does not surprise me. Terry, you don't like Terry Kath, dude? Chicago and soap operas. You don't like, okay. like Terry Kath? <laughs> no. Who's Jimi no. Hendrix's favorite guitar player, man? Dude, man. Terry, Terry Kath was bad. I mean, I don't, you know, I mean, I understand guys can't play. I mean, the Doobie Brothers can play, but they still suck. I love Doobie Brothers. Yeah, damn. 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 Well, I'm not a massive fan of them either. You don't like Blackwater? Yeah. Suck, so, man. This China Grove, man. Oh, yeah. They can play. Like I by a minute? Come oh, on, listen, to, listen, to, listen to the motherfucking music? I mean, come oh, on. It's not great. Oh, say, listen to me. No. Oh, no, I don't. You know, Gene, he's going to be on the Doobie Brothers episode now. No, I don't. <laughs> anyway, this, uh, this song, man, the flute sucks. You know, it fucked the flute, and I like the cool vocal effect on this song, and the piano sounds really good. But, uh, yeah, man, the flute just kind of takes it out there, man. You know, I mean, it's still a good song, but uh, it could be a lot better. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Jerry. Yeah, I'm actually surprised. I was going to shit on the song. I was worried you guys might like it, so I'm trying to have it <laughs> That now, <laughs> don't, don't give a fuck what we think, Jerry. Just this song, this, this song fucking makes that fucking shit can heat song sound good. Um, what's the name of that fucking song? Something about the country or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up country. Yeah. It, makes that song, it makes that song sound fucking good. This song uh -oh. is terrible. This song has no business being on this fucking spectacular record, dude. Total dog shit. I give it one a one out of five. I wonder if this is probably. Probably the song uh, Bushy said it's a great album except for one song. <laughs> we all hate this song. Well, I don't know yeah. what Charles thinks yet. I said, I said. Oh, did? I said, because I'm about the fucking flu. Yeah, no, <laughs> my flu, man. Everybody went on this then. It sucks. It's shit. It, it ruined. It made the sound go from absolutely perfect to very good. I seriously want you two to go listen to Love the Life by Heart. <laughs> no, I'm good. Thanks. Great song. That song rules. Oh, fucking great. The flute belongs on that song because it's sweet. It's dark in the shade, man. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, nah, I'm fine. Fucking heart rules. Yeah, what's up? And then we get to the next song called Starfucker or Star Star, and Charles picked this song. So uh, here it is Starfucker on a Freeform Rock Podcast.
Okay, Charles, you picked this spectacular song. I did. Uh, it's my favorite track on the album by a country mile, I might add. I find it odd uh, that I hadn't heard this till after Darling Nikki. As I had always said, Darling Nikki was the dirtiest song I'd ever heard. And it was when I heard it back in 84. But wow, man, in 73, the Stones show you what a dirty song really is. Of course, the real title, as you know, it was Starfucker, but it was changed to Star Star by the record company. Um, this song was actually released in Germany, Switzerland, the Netherlands, and Sweden as a single. <laughs> you gotta love that shit. Such a raunchy rock and roll song. I think it's actually one of the coolest Stone songs ever. I highly doubt... Maybe they have played it live in recent years, but I really doubt that they would. I think they've backed away from brown sugar too if yeah. i'm not mistaken uh but it'd be a ride if they did do this song it's not for the faint of heart but i think it's perfectly indicative of the lifestyle the stones led at the time allegedly the line about giving head to steve mcqueen was directed <laughs> at carly simon as she allegedly wrote your so vain about jagger which he actually sang backing vocals on too uh mick just ain't ever given a fuck or two or threes and this is such a killer track. And if you don't like this one, I doubt that you love rock and roll. Again, favorite track on the album. Yeah, I, I agree, man. This song has some Chuck Berry love in the beginning, that opening riff. Uh, oh, yeah. This is like star, star, cough, star, fucker. What a great bluesy <laughs> song and a great album. Love the lyrics, like you said. You know, Ally McGraw got mad with you for giving head to Steve McQueen. I went back and reread that. I go, what? <laughs> Fucking... In 1973, fucking Mick Jagger's talking about fucking and giving head to Steve McQueen. This ain't no fucking who with who the fuck are you. <laughs> this is fucking blatant fucking cuss words and fucking in, in your windows. Uh, fucking even people in the fucking 80s didn't fucking get as fucking vivid as the Stones did in 73. The song is about groupies who fuck stars. What a great song. I fucking love it. Jerry. Well, like I said, like you said, man, the lyrics don't need no deep diving in what this song is about. <laughs> I mean, uh, fuck, they even had a huge inflatable fucking cock floating around, you know, back in the day when they played this song. Uh, what a great fucking song is. You mentioned the Johnny B. Good uh, tribute, I guess I would call that in the beginning. But uh, what a great, it's a fucking great way to end a fucking great album. Um, this is one of the songs that pissed off the feminists back in the days, but Mick said, I don't give a fuck. This is the way I see it. This is what's happening. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is how these girls want to fuck me. So, you know, who cares? I mean, uh, Charles mentioned it. Mick didn't give a fuck. Love this uh, album. Great fucking way to end a great album. I guess one of five out of five. Definitely, dude. Did they get more uptight in the 80s? Because I could see fucking like those uh, fucking sleaze rock bands talking like this until Guns N' Roses got in there and started making it really good. Uh, That's probably where these GNR comparisons come from, I would say. Is songs like Star Star yeah, or Star Fucker. Uh, Guns N' Roses came with Appetite, made it raw again. It was yeah, like, no was, fucking produced, fucking over, fucking no talking happy dirty lyrics, you know. Yeah, no behind the woodshed. Hey, but at least at least Bill Wyman was on this. If I if I'm right, yes, he was. Yeah. All <laughs> right, way to go, Bill. You kind of redeemed yeah, yourself, man. buddy. 
Yeah, yeah you see your third, just, third appearance. You get in the Guns N' Roses said what I used to do a little, but a little when to do it's a little got my my wow. Yeah, you yeah, know? more and more. So it's like fucking raw, fucking like behind the scenes rock and roll life that Guns N' Roses talked about. I'm getting Guns N' Roses a little bit more here. Uh, yeah. That's fucking cool. But uh that that was our review of uh Well James, James. Oh James, yeah, nothing. James, go for it. Yeah. Man, he's trying to get back at me and shit. Sammy <laughs> hater. Flute. Hey, he is, man. Oh, man. You, you, cut, you cut me off. You took me off my own podcast. Dude. You got balls, dude. I admire that. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, look, man. This song has got balls, too, man. It's got big old balls because this fucking is one of the best songs. And I probably, probably is the best song on the album, man. Um, it's right there. It, it, every bit as good as Angie, but it's totally different. And um, you know, of course, this song is about groupies. And um, personally, I think groupies rule, and they should all get gold medals for their service. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any groupies when you were when you were in bands? I did. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, I had a few. I mean, I had, like I'm, you know, I had like a, a whole bunch, but I uh, definitely had a few that worked out in my favor really well, <laughs> repeatedly. Right so, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we should just do an episode you, of that. James West. You pick, you pick up. You pick, fucking. Yeah, you my, pick up a. You can pick up a guitar in the eighties, man. You're gonna get laid. So, right, Jerry me. knows that one too. It's it's, and, it's the reason that men start bands, dude. And I, and I waited till 2010. Oh, what an idiot <laughs> I am! Oh, Nobody cares anymore. I mean, dude, it's the reason that men start, or it was the reason that men started bands back in the day. I mean, yeah, we love <laughs> pick up guitar. You enjoy playing, no doubt. You start a band, like three or four other guys are like, uh, you know, let's get started a band so we can get you. I mean, that's what it's all about, man. That money. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, this, this song, man, is definitely one of the best on the album. I mean, the lyrics, man, we know it's awesome, man. But you know, it's the epitome of a great Stone song um, that you know maybe has been overlooked a little bit for a while. Uh, the chorus is just catchy as hell, man. I mean, you can't love that chorus. Uh, and so it's a strong way to close the album, a very strong way. Uh, it definitely gave me the Johnny B. Good vibes uh, right when it started. You know, like I said, when we started talking, this was the one that sounded like, almost sounded like Johnny, Johnny B. Good right from the beginning. Um, and, you know, the song rules. And, um, you know, it's just a really strong way to, to uh, close out the album. And uh, I didn't know the stuff about Carly Simon and everything. But you know she just got big teeth, man. I'd be nervous. <laughs> yeah, man, she, she got them. She got them DSLs too. Hey, I them DSLs, dude. Yeah, yeah, she was till she smiled. Did you imagine that? That's like early two thousands, right there. DSL. But her, yeah, her big Jagger having kids. Get with the times, Charles. We don't say that anymore. It's a. Uh, joking. Dude, yeah, man. I mean, it just, you know, this song's about, you know, <laughs> just a great subject matter. Only a few people know DSLs. <laughs> took, uh, yeah, it took some balls to, you know, write these lyrics come out with this back then. And, you know, this is 1973, you know. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, I think this is a really good way to close out the album. And, um, you know, I really appreciate you guys uh, having me on because I haven't listened to this album in quite a while. And, uh, man, I was really enjoying listening to it again today, too, man. 
really good, really good album. Yeah, and then we get, look, we're going to do things different. We usually say this at the beginning, but James, how did you get into the Stones? Oh, uh, well, damn, man. I, you know, I was exposed to a lot when I was a kid. Uh, you know, hell, I was in the Kiss, I mean, I suppose the Kiss when I was three. You know, but probably, I don't know, man, 11, 12 o'clock, I might started paying a little attention to them. I definitely knew they had some good songs and stuff. And um, just, yeah, you know, I guess in my teenage years, man, like every time I heard a Stone song, man, I love Stone songs, you know, and I get the greatest hits album and everything, albums, you know, and, and man, they just got so many, so many good songs. Um, so I guess, you know, my mom, she liked rock music and my uncle and a couple other family members. So, yeah, I was definitely exposed to some good music, music when I was a kid, for sure. And um, they're just one of the best bands of all time, man, of objectively speaking they they gotta be top five man and 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 really i guess they probably top three you know of all time man they're just that good what about you jerry um mtv probably got me into the stones uh the start me up video and the waiting on a friend video were all over the place that tattoo you album was the first one i really dived deep into uh, but then i slowly well, rapidly actually got into the rest of their catalog. There was a Greatest Hits album that came out around that time that I got that really put me in the direction of really loving the Stones. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, uh, are you just, uh, just just listening to them on you know on the radio and MTV is how I got into them. Like I had two older sisters that were into rock. Maybe they probably had something to do with it too. But uh, I think it was pretty much MTV that got me into the Stones. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I agree with you, Jerry. The MTV that sucked me up, but then I'm just getting into the Stones, and then they fucking put out the Harlem Shuffle and that album Dirty Work. I didn't really care for, but then after that, they released a box set like of their old shit. Like I bought a box set. I forgot the name of it, but that's how I got into like old Stones. And then I went and saw them with uh, Guns and Roses on the Steel Wheels tour, and they fucking kicked ass. Guns and Roses, not so much. Yeah, yeah, I know. Living Color was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> I just put up that uh, that uh, anniversary of that tour. <laughs> so uh, that was that was Stephen Adler's fault via Sammy Hagar. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into our tracks of the week. I didn't get to say how I got into. Oh Why yeah, Charles, go ahead. Me off. <laughs> hey, that's what I do. Go ahead, Charles. Hey. Mine will be a slightly convoluted as usual, but uh, I got into the Rolling Stones in 1979. Five years old, because I was raised by a young mother, party mother, and the album Emotional Rescue was out that summer. You guys aware of that album? Oh, that's a good album. Uh, yeah, I look. I look at emotional rescue kind of like Kiss Unmasked. Where it's way I, better than Unmasked. I'm not saying it's better or worse. Let me finish. It's one of those heart song things. Like it's the first one I knew. That's the way it was with Kiss. That's the first one I intimately knew. Is it their best? No. But do I love it? Yes. And can non-Kiss fans talk about it? No. So be quiet. Well, James can talk about Unmasked. Cherry can. Dude, she's so, she's so, 
She's So Cold is a fucking one of my favorite songs. Oh, I love Emotional Rescue. Yeah, yeah I love it. Oh, and that that was like the song of the summer, that single, Emotional yeah. Rescue. Oh, yeah. And I remember... Emotional Rescue is a hundred times better than uh, Shit. Would you should you leave off? You're not allowed to say you're not a kiss man, all right? I'm casual. Let's see if I'm masked out there. You're not even casual. You think Crazy Nights is good creature <laughs> of the night? You don't know anything. <laughs> anyway, we go back to this thing here. Now that album cover is really weird, right? And it's got like thermo imagery or something. It's really strange. It looked really strange on there. It looked kind of like aliens to me at the time. And remember, remember Solid Gold back in the day. I think I walked down memory lane with me. You remember that show? No. Solid Gold? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Solid yeah. Gold, yeah, with Danny Terrio. Well, I remember with Andy Gibb. Oh, it had like, Andy yeah, Gibb and Dion Warwick, right? Shadow Dance. Marilyn, Marilyn McCoo. Marilyn McCoo. And yeah, yeah, Marilyn there was McCoo, a shout yeah. out for you. No, I was thinking so of then, Let's Dance with Danny Terrio where they did right. those disco dances. Remember that one? Well, they were like, they were announced like next week the Rolling Stones is going to be on Solid Gold. And I was like, oh, wow, because I asked my mom. And she was, I was like, are they, are they aliens? I had no clue who the Rolling Stones right. were. And she was like, yeah. yeah it looked like, it looked like, uh, looked son sonic, yeah. like a sonogram. Like a right. sonogram. Photo. But I didn't yeah. know it. Five years old, I didn't know. I didn't even start school yet. And then I watched them on, you know, it was just a video on a straight performance video. And they're regular people. And my mom went home from work yet. And she got home from work, and I was like, hey, mom, they're just like regular dudes. And she's like, what are you, fucking stupid? Of course they are. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you said they were aliens. I did not. That's, that was my upbringing. But then from there, I mean, I loved that album. And then, you know, I'd obviously tattooed you. I didn't have MTV. So I had, but we had the albums. I was around younger folks, and they had them. But then, remember back in the old days, it was show a TV movie of the week, yeah, yeah, on regular ass TV, and it was yep. uh, uh, Apocalypse Now. Oh, I hate that movie. I love it. And then I heard the, the Satisfaction on there, but I had no clue it was the fucking Rolling Stones. And then somebody told me, "Oh, that's the Rolling Stones." I was like, "It sounds like really old." And they're like. Well, yeah, they're really fucking old. I didn't even have a clue that they were that old, man. And then I discovered, you know, from there. But I'm going to, I waver between Rolling Stones and ACDC as the greatest rock and roll bands ever. Tied. But I probably, if I had, if you held a gun to my head, I'd probably have to say the Stones are just a hair better because of their diversity. Uh, and I did. I dug the Stones way before I did the Beatles. So I was around Stones people. And uh, I've always dug them, and I always will. But they're still not the Beatles. Yeah, so uh, that's our review of Goathead Soup. Great uh, pick, Charles, man. Thank you. I fucking love it. Uh, I'm on a roll. I wish more people that, took out that fog hat. Yeah, I was just about that's to say fog, fog hat. Fog hat. That, that, that's a shocker, actually. I thought that would do well. Oh, I thought the Journey one ass. would do well too, Jerry. That's still yeah. stuck at eighty, dude. Fog out. I mean, you hear, you hear, you hear everybody talking about they love this and that, but then it's like you give them that, and it's like, where are they? You know? Yeah, where are they <laughs> looking at that Journey episode? Look into the future. Everybody said, I, I mean, love Greek, I love Greek, we're Hollywood Journey. Well, the numbers don't sink you. Yeah, do. that's what I try to do. I try to, to analyze what people. I can pick an album. You know what I mean? But, I uh, well, James, James, you like that Fog Hat live? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I like the, I, I like it. You know, I don't, I don't own it. I hadn't listened to it in years and years and years. But I mean, I don't like dislike it. I mean, they got, a, they got a couple of really good songs, man. Well, it's a short but, listen. It's like thirty minutes. Yeah, great, I have to check that. Oh yeah, I got something. Um, yeah, Gene Simmons giving Getty Lee bass lessons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that on BS. Yeah, I know you're gonna talk about that at some other time, man. But I just because we were talking about Rush and stuff. Oh, uh, well, I mean, it'll that BS will be out before this anyway. So it's obvious. It's about obvious about to me that he did. Yeah, it's oh. obvious to me. Definitely obvious. He was. He really gave. He, he taught Getty some things. Oh, yeah. He did. Hey, but Get, Getty's really uh, open, and he would have. He would say yes, he did. So Probably. Getty's not. He stuck, might have had Gene. Not stuck Gene, up, man. Gene was a badass bass player in the seventies, dude. He, he just was. like he it said, check, checked out in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, he was a oh, Bill yes. Wyman of the eighties. He just talks so much shit, you know. Did you all never know, like, when he's like bullshitting about something, or he was like, "Oh, Eddie Van Halen's gonna join Kiss," or whatever, dude. You know, I, I find it, I find that hard to believe, man. But I think he just inflates stuff sometimes. You don't really know what really to buy and what not when it comes to him sometimes, man. Uh, and Mark, I can, Apocalypse Now. How can anybody? Not like Apocalypse Now. I agree, dude. That movie's an acid trip, dude. It's all over the place. It's just like... Oh, and I love the... I love the Redux. Dude. The best movies ever, dude. Yeah, I love it. Oh, you know what? It's trendy. It's trendy if you don't like Apocalypse. Do you guys like 2001 Space Odyssey? I don't like that one either. Yes, I like it. You're being trendy, Mark. You're being trendy. I'm being trendy because I don't like what you like. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I know because like you, you were saying that you know about some other bands at the beginning. Uh, you're trendy if you don't like this. Oh, you're being <laughs> no, it's trendy to hate Van Hagar. Hey. John, but but John Black and Marlena, you can talk about for hours. Hey, I didn't even say John Black. Ah. Ooh, somebody was watching Days of Our Lives there, Charles. No, I had a wife who <laughs> told me all about it. No, you watched it. Yeah, yeah, Mark. I, I was out playing baseball and football and shit like that. Yeah, I wasn't sitting yeah. down all day. Yeah, Dude, I had no friends. All I had was a soap. I will. I will admit during the Christmas break, because like on Christmas Eve or something, my mom would have it on, and uh, be like, "What the hell is this?" You know, and this and that. But if you didn't know who yeah, Stefano, I'm aware Tamera, of it. If you didn't know who Stefano Tamara was in the '80s, you did not watch uh, now. I know, I know him and Tony DeMero. <laughs> oh, uh, <yeah>. the <laughs> thing is, is that the From thing is, is that when I worked like how about Nation, Shane? You know Shane, the ISA. No, guy? so you lost me there. But I know Sammy and Sammy was hot, uh, dude. Uh, 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 I was, I liked Hope. Hope, oh, Hope was uh, hot. No, you know I really like. See, look, was, he knows uh, days of our lives. He doesn't care. I like, I like fake Hope. Fake one that's oh, married, the that's one that's cool. married to Harry Hamlin. Yeah. Oh, Lisa. You know, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, Lisa Rinna, yeah. She's plastic as fuck, but man, that's a lucky dude. Clips. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, sir. Charles and, knows just as much as Days of Our Lives than I do. General. And general. General Hospital. Oh boy. I only know one one soap opera girl. And that's Susan Lucia because she's fucking hot. I don't know what soap opera she was on. I was on an ABC one. 
I only watched. Oh, I, fucking I hot. only watched NBC with. Uh, Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Young and the Restless. You didn't role. like Ashley? Uh, you didn't like Ashley oh, and the Young and Restless? Uh, dude, I never seen. I gotta, gotta go. I gotta go change my tan. Dude, I I you guys say, know more than soap operas than I do. I only know two. Well, I worked at night, and I had to watch TV during the day, so I would watch. But I really would watch Maury. I was a Maury addict. Ah, uh, nah. Nah, yeah, I love that. I would watch Another father. World and Days of Our Lives, and then I would right. go to the and, and then Springer. For like ah, dude, cartoons. the best talk, the best talk show back then was Morton Downey Jr. Dude. Yeah, his is was great. Awesome. You know, cartoons started coming on around three, three thirty. Nah, I like Dark Shadows. If I'm gonna watch a soap opera, give me that. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I'd rather, I'd rather yeah. watch WWF Raw. Dude, there you the go. The the that's the ultimate soap best opera. The best soap opera of all time is Dallas. Um, uh, Dynasty. Da uh, Dallas, dude. J.R. Ewing is yeah, the Darth Vader of soap operas. Yeah, yeah. I guess you got to say that, man, because everybody was who shot J.R. the next oh, day. I can't. God. And that's my nickname. So it was like, yeah. <laughs> Falcon Crest wasn't bad. Falcon Crest wasn't bad, but it wasn't Dallas, dude. <laughs> Uh, when, like remember when Bobby was dead and all of a sudden she wakes oh up? Oh my God! What does the show become? What <laughs> yeah. have we become? You thought of so you've watched one or two of them? Come on, no more. Watch at least one. I, I know, I know. Like I said, Susan Lucci. I know. I had to John. watch Dallas because of Dukes of Hazard. Oh yeah, you know, right now. after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. General, 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 Hosp General yeah, Hospital with that, with that one dude with the fro and his girl. What were they? Uh, General Hospital? Luke and Laura. Luke and Laura, I know them. That, I know wedding, that, girl. that wedding was like one of the, the red, biggest the, the redhead episodes ever. The redheaded girl in General Hospital was hot. She just died a couple years ago, but she was pretty hot. I can't remember her. The longest Bobby, time, I, I, was. The longest but, time uh, I thought that was the foreigner lead singer. But it wasn't. Victor, Victor from fucking one of them shows. He's like Real, the young and Victor the Kyriakis. That was days of our lives. Victor Newman. Uh, young and the Restless. Uh, yeah, but they also I'm a had TV Victor Kyriakis. I'm a TV junkie. That's not funny. Hey, you know, I mean Dallas, Dallas and Falcon Crest. I was watching like the Fall Guy, you, Greatest American Hero, Battlestar Galactica. I, I was watching that stuff. Jerry, that, did that you wasn't know, on that night. Cool, Jerry. That wasn't I just on that told night. There was nothing on. But those weren't well, on that night. Well, I'm just saying what I watch at night, though, man. I wouldn't. Oh, at night. Watch shows well, like I watched Dallas. I my had, mom watched. I Dallas. had a deal. No, I'm talking about Dallas. No, I thought you guys were talking about Dallas and Falcon Crest and shit like that. Well, I watched. I, I watched Falcon Crest in Dallas because it was on after the Dukes of Hazard. Yes, I had a deal with my grandma. Yeah. I could my watch mom? Dukes, and she would make me a fried bologna sandwich. Yep. Yeah, and then and then I would have to watch Dallas. And I was like, okay, yeah. trade off. All right, all right, all right, all right. Nobody here likes Melrose Place. Melrose Place. Oh, fuck no, that was horrible. Okay, uh, I kind of liked. Uh, 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 I kind of so, liked the, the, when they had that song by Legs of Cleo at the end of Melrose Place. Had so, so, hot chicks, man. So they had you guys all like nine hundred two one zero, right? Oh god, eh, I tried it. I didn't like it. No, I was watching Baywatch. Uh, the, best, the, best, the best TV band ever was The Heights. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, greatest song ever, man. Were you watching Party <laughs> of Five also? An <laughs> Were you watching Dude, Party awesome. of Five, Jerry? What's that about? That's with fucking uh, Jennifer Huge Tits? Not Campbell. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that, man. I remember oh, that the one. Is that the one where the, the brother had to run the family or something? Yeah, like that? Gen- yeah. The guy who oh, went yeah. to Lost. Wasn't oh, Nev Campbell yeah. like hot as shit? She, she still was. is. She's in that new show on uh, the Lincoln Lawyer on uh, Netflix. She's in there as the ex-wife. She's pretty still hot. She's fucking yeah. Denise Richards, her and Denise Richards. Oh, and God. They never showed her naked, though, unfortunately. Yeah, they? but Denise Richards is how I need The worst scene I've ever seen in my life is when you see Kevin Bacon naked in the shower in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't remember that. So. Uh, yeah, it's, it's traumatized. <laughs> not the person, I not bought the it to see Nev Campbell and fucking Denise I didn't Richards. remember that. I didn't, want, I didn't want to see fucking Kevin Bacon's balls. Yeah. They remember that, dude. I'm glad you remember that. <laughs> yeah, it, it traumatized me, dude. Well, yeah. it's like the it flute. Was like, you, ever yeah. watch, you ever watch that movie? Um, Kevin Bacon's balls in the flute. What, what was that movie? What was that movie with Mark Wahlberg where he's in a porno and he's look, talking to his dick? Dirk Diggler. Dirk Diggler. Yeah. That movie rules, that, man. Movie's good, but I can't watch it more than twice. It's not as kind of prosthetic. I've always seen it once, but it was good. Well, you, I remember it was pretty nice. Well, I watched yeah. it because of Heather Thomas, Roller Girl. It's it's got Sister Christian in it. It's Heather, yeah. Heather Graham, dude. It's Heather Graham, not Heather Thomas. Oh, Heather Graham, yeah. yeah. Well, Heather Graham's Heather, rule, too. Heather Thomas. They yeah, look Heather. like each other. No. They don't <laughs> look alike. Heather Thomas? Heather, Heather, Heather Thomas don't look like Heather Thomas. Hey, I always, I always no. thought Heather Thomas was hotter than Heather Locklear, man. No, yeah, uh, uh, it's man. debatable. Her face was uh, Heather Locklear had her in the face. Maybe uh, the man. face. Man. Mm. Nah, man, that girl was. Uh, yeah, dude. again, again, there's no wrong answer. Apollonia smoked them all. Oh yeah, no way, oh, yeah. no way. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, dude. Vanity was pretty no hot way. too, man. Apollonia no. and and Lisa Turtle from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> It's all about her bell chicks. Yeah, you know. Yeah. She, was, she yeah. was underratedly cute. I always thought so. so yeah, I like Timothy Amber Thesa now better than when she was. She was too skinny and saved by the bell. She got some meat on her now. I like her. Yeah, I like Jesse. Her face. Yeah. Uh, you like that Showgirls yeah. movie, didn't you? Yeah. That Jessie movie was Shows terrible. That movie yeah, was one. terrible. Uh, yeah, but who cares? Hot. Yeah, you're right. Oh, hot. That's why, the, that's why the movie did well. In who one cares? Video. That's right. Yeah. I thought it was good. Yeah. <laughs> but let's get to our tracks of the week, man. Let's start it's like with a Steel Panther Part 2. Uh, uh, <laughs> Charles, you picked I Want to Be Your Dog of the Stooges. Yeah, man. I, hey, the Stooges pop. are an underrated fucking band, man. Oh, absolutely. Being a, punk, being a punk lover, they're definitely one of the forerunners. For sure. There's a so, documentary yeah. on Amazon Prime right now about the band that just came out. Awesome band. Yeah. Awesome, awesome band. Yeah, that's awesome. I that's agree, very- man. I loved Iggy Pop and Lee got me into the Stooges when we reviewed that album. Fucking I liked Iggy Pop, you know, like his shit after that, even with uh Candy with uh Kate Pearson of uh B fifty twos. I like that song too. I like his later stuff too. But this that shit is fucking raw as fuck, Charles. Yeah. yeah. I like it raw. Like the Stones. It's pro, it's proto punk and metal, dude. It's fucking awesome. Yep. Yeah, I'm in the MC5. Oh man, yeah, they were good, man. They were good. Man. Fuck yeah. 
And then we get to you, Jerry. You pick Back Down South by Kings of Leon. Fucking A, dude. Underrated fucking band, dude. Love those guys, man. Nashville fucking pride, dude. Uh, <laughs> underrated as fuck. I know a lot of people hate them, but man, I love that band. And then I picked uh, the Black Crows Midnight from the inside, on the inside out from their Lions album. The song's got a fucking Stones groove going on. So I picked that one. And then James, you picked Inve Malmsteen. Trilogy, Trilogy Sweet OP5. Yeah, yeah. yeah. OP5, man. Dude, that's such, such a good song. I mean, of course, it's in, instrumental, but, you know, I thought I'd pick something different and I was going to go with something like really heavy, like Mayhem or Satyricon or something. And I was like, nah, I've been, I was listening to Inve Mousing that day. You text me, and I was listening to that album. And I was like, nah, nah, I want to pick one off there. You know, and uh, I guess I could have picked one with vocals, but I love it, man. So I thought I'd turn some other people onto it, hopefully. He's so awesome, man. Legend. Legend. Right on. All right, man. Yeah. And then, uh, Jerry, any closing thoughts, man? Oh, man, you guys are killing me, man, with all this homework you guys have been giving me lately. Two shows a week, BS sessions, man, work, but I'm loving doing it, dude. Um, Charles, man, another great fucking album, dude. I got, I'm impressed, man. You know how to pick them. Thank um, you. But, uh, yes, like I said, dude, I love doing this show with you guys. I love doing the BS on Thursdays with you, man, and, uh, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. And I'm, I'm just going to say like and subscribe and share and give us a... Uh, we also do a show on the video, uh, Freeform uh, Saturday exclusives. Check those out too. I think we're a little bit more raw on those ones. <laughs> but uh, yeah. James, any final thoughts, man? Uh, no, man. I'm just... Um, I'm glad you... Well, I'm glad you guys uh, picked this album. It's a really good one. I mean, the Stones are really good. It's a really great album. I mean, they're not as good as, like, Fairpoint Convention or... Hey! Yeah! And, but, uh, yeah... Okay, I'm gonna I mean, do a Lee. Shut up! Shut up! Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right. The United States of America. Shut Stop. up! Shut up! Okay. Five Martians and the Poopy Trainer. I, I don't know. <laughs> It would just hot, hot poop with poop. I love it, man. I love hot that. mascara soup poop or the, <laughs> but nobody, James. Yeah, ever picked the shags besides <laughs> me, and nobody gets worse than the shags. The shags. That. Yeah. Oh man, I remember a few that uh, somebody else picked that was pretty bad. <laughs> pretty well, bad. check that shags out. Lee has a mental breakdown on the on the uh, episode, so I love him, dude. I love him. Don't get me wrong; he's my friend. Me too. Lee's my boy, dude. He would pick some really weird shit, <laughs> and I wouldn't say straight to him. Really? So. Really? Yeah. Really? No. I, oh, yeah. I didn't know he picked really weird, weird shit. I just yeah. did a podcast with him for six years. <laughs> Tell me about it. I've had to do every goddamn Quicksilver messenger service <laughs> album under the sun. Uh, because he because he likes what I've sent him. Yeah. I'd hate to see what I get. He didn't like it. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Lee, though. Yeah, man. Yeah, I love the dude. Uh, man, he's very unique and very talented. Yeah, that, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair point convention. I'll take a pass on, on them. Thank you. So much with me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was that was hard for me when you, were, you guys were together. And he's like... Make sure you watch this uh, Fairpoint Convention. I'm like, seriously, dude? I'm not even going to give it a second thought, dude. Okay, Sorry. but, but you, <laughs> I, you hear I me crying it. about it. It's fucking <laughs> comedy, dude. 
I listened to it. It wasn't that horrible. Because Sandy, what's your shit? Diddy. Yeah, she's got a really nice voice. Yeah. She did do the Battle of Evermore. Battle of Evermore. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm just picking, man. He did pick way worse bands than that, dude. So there they were. Mascara United States of America. No, that wasn't that bad. Hot Poop is horrible. Hot Poop is bad. To remember yes. that, yeah. I, I tell you what, though, every time the guy you guys had me on, I I listened to every single song, everything he wanted me to listen to, I listened to. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. You're going to be on an episode of BS that already happened uh, this week too. So, uh, Star, final thoughts, man. Well, I want to thank James for coming on, and uh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, well, first time on Freeform with me and Jerry, or at least with me. Oh. I think no, he went on with Jerry before, right? No. Huh? Uh, okay, man. Cool, man. I, I think know. so. So I think yeah. it was the first time. Yeah, we did, we, we, did a, yeah, we did a BS show together. One right, time. but yeah. 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 We, did that, we did that classic Van Hagar, fuck Van Hagar video. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, I, can, I can go on for hours. Yeah, yeah. Van Hagar. Yeah, you don't you, you don't need a you don't need a script or do your homework. Uh, I, I was getting death threats over that video. That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, really? Cool, man. Yeah, I mean, that's when you know you struck a nerve, buddy. Uh, <laughs> the three of you work, man. Yeah, but I mean, when you do an album like this, it's not even work. I mean, yeah. Fuck it. I mean, I like I said, I'm between them and ACDC, but. Yeah, this is probably the greatest rock and roll, pure rock and roll. When they did what they were doing, what they needed to do, it's hard to top this band. Yeah. And, uh, as much as I love GNR, no, they were they were they were copying this. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, and uh, I, as much as I love the Beatles, and yeah, I don't talk about the Stones that much or this now. I love the Stones way before the Beatles. I thought they were cooler. I think they had a cooler vibe to them. They didn't quite do a day in the life, but I mean, but they were, and they did their rock shit. I don't think anybody could touch them. And as a matter of fact, I think it was Lennon that told them, get back to doing rock. Do what you do. And they did. And they came out with, uh, I believe it was Beggar's Banquet. I think so. Yeah. And that just tore, tore it up. Yeah. Or was it Let It Bleed? I don't know which one came first. Mark, you're the historian. I yeah, man. Let it bleed. Was first. Let it bleed. Yeah. yeah. And that was fucking awesome. And another song I would push to people too is uh, "Can You Hear Me Knocking." Oh, okay. um, one of those songs that, or "Bitch," which is actually. Here's a little trivia. Do you know what "Kiss" riff that is? Backwards, James West. Uh, you know what? Yeah, but I can't. I can't remember the name. Yeah. I remember. I think Gene was talking about. I think Gene, yes, it was a Gene. Uh, nineteen sixty-nine, uh, "Let It Bleed," and then it went, "Get your yayas out and the sticky fingers." Yeah, but the, Exile the, the, Main track, yeah. the track, bitch. Yeah, the sticky fingers. Yeah, that riff is a is a riff of a famous Kiss song played backwards. Yeah, I don't know if it's Deuce. Or... It is Deuce. Okay. The first fucking notion was correct. And if you listen yeah, to the two yeah. tracks, you can hear it. Yeah, yeah. It oh, it man. It's a great song. Yeah, wow. Well, so is Deuce. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is awesome. Before, yeah, man. Yeah. 
uh, this Thursday, excuse me, this Thursday. Uh, well, let's let's talk offline about this. Hold on. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, let's finish. Sure. This. Yeah, I was just want to say. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for everybody being on. Everybody said like, share, subscribe, and Mark will bully you, and uh, he'll get in your ass. And uh, he won't bully you, but he'll get in your ass about it. But uh, it's always a pleasure to do great, great albums. So uh, back right. to you, Mark. All right, man. That's that's our episode, man. And uh, I think Mick Jagger said, I feel really close to this album. I really put all I had into it. Guess it comes across that I'm more into the songs. So that's pretty cool, man. This podcast fucking rules. I enjoyed this album. Fucking the Stones rule. But the Beatles are better. <laughs> but uh, let's get the fuck out of here, guys. Later.
for the best of rock and heavy metal and some Duran Duran. <laughs> Just joking. Where am I? Tune into thatmetalstation.com every Tuesday night to hear the Freeform Rock Show. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, only on thatmetalstation.com. You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artist by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.